All right. Welcome back to Harlan Podcast. We got my friend here, Zach, talking about Big Brother 22, you know, All-Stars 2. We're a couple episodes in, um, and a lot has already happened. First thing I want to ask you about is, because it's the biggest thing I think going on right now in terms of uh, talking points is Kaser and Janelle being targeted this first week and having to uh, win safety to ensure they actually make it through the week intact together. Uh, what is your thoughts on them being targeted so early? Uh, not really surprised. I think everybody was uh, honestly expecting it. Um, they've both the only ones that participated in like the first all-star season. So it's like, of course, they're going to be targeted. Uh, I mean, as a fan, I, I'm kind of upset. But as a player, I see why he, he's targeting them. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, with me, I was – I obviously really like them. and I didn't want them to be targeted. But the first thing that came to my head when Cody won was that there's only really two possible nominees that made the most sense, and it's Janelle and Kaser. Because you have everything you can use against them. You know, Janelle is a great competitor. Kaser is a good competitor. Uh, they obviously have the long-ass, like, two-decade-long relationship that's yep. going to clearly come into play into the game. And then, of course, it's either them or the two winners that, that makes the most sense. And Cody's obviously working really closely with one of the winners, so it has to be them. Yeah. Uh, um. Another th- uh, another great uh, thing to talk about here going into this is what is your thoughts on a player saying we want to lay low and take it easy than instantly competing really strongly in competitions? Like we've seen it with Ian in the first episode. He's saying that he wants to lay low and not ruffle any feathers, and he instantly, like, dominates a competition. And then Kaser here does the same thing here with the safety suit. I mean, I think they all go in with, like, a plan of what they want to do. But as soon as they get in there and then they see, like, the other people that they're playing with, their whole, like, strategies go out the window, which is, like, expected because, I mean, I don't think there's really, like, any weak players this season. I think everybody's pretty smart and everybody's in it to win it. And nobody's really just trying to to float to the end, even though we're probably going to have some floaters, but everyone's in there to win. So I understand. Yeah, I agree. I think the Ian one was a little bit, just like weird just because but at the same time I don't think that it's that big of a deal because everyone already knows Ian's really good at the maze kind of competitions I mean that's how he won that veto and that double eviction on his season basically eventually won him the game because he was going home that night and then um yeah Kaser everyone already knows he's a good competitor it's really I think it's really hard to even think that these people can come into the game with the resumes they have and and look weak anyway like it's almost impossible yeah, there's no throwing competitions. Like, everybody knows Tyler's a beast. They know Cody's a beast. They know Janelle's a beast. So, there's really, like, no downplaying how good they are. So That is true. Um, and a big thing that's been going on now that I don't know if, if – if you only watch the show, you might not want to – well, actually, I don't think you'll care. You just won't know much about this because there's no way they're going to actually show this on the actual show. But a mm-hmm. huge thing going on right now is – the pre-gaming that happened in the season, oh, specifically God. around two players that aren't even on the show right now, Dan This and is Derek. infuriating. This is horrible. Yeah. Oh, like, my gosh. I, I don't think – anything like – did this – anything like this even happen in BB7? I know there was a lot of pre-gaming, but it was between people that were actually going to be on the show. But yeah. two people are dominating the game right now that knew they Not were going to say no from the beginning. 
Yeah, it's kind of crazy because, I mean, the season, uh, the first All-Star season, they were probably pre-gaming, but they were probably pre-gaming within their own season. So, like, season six, Chilltown. Right. Like, they had already played with each other, so, of course, they're going to pre-game. But this is, like, um, a whole, like, majority alliance. This is, like, from Memphis to Cody to Nicole. It's just crazy. Like, I wasn't expecting this to be, like, this corrupt. But, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I expected Cody and Nicole to obviously already have something going in. That's obvious. I mean, I even would have expected, like, Ian and Janelle. And here, that's not even a thing because, you know, they're not part of – it's just weird to me that it all had, comes from Dan and Derek, two people that aren't yes. in the show. Like, people that aren't but it on just, the game. <laughs> it shows the power that they have. So, I mean, that's kind of powerful. You're not even on the season and you're having, like, a lasting effect of what's going on already. Yeah, that's true. And I think one of my, but I think one of the worst parts about it is like, oh man, it's like they don't even Janelle and Casey, they don't even have a chance because they don't even realize what's yeah. happening. Like they're talking it about how sucks. Memphis has to stick with Keisha and how he has nobody else in the game. He doesn't even. They don't realize that there was a giant preseason deal between Cody and Memphis already because of Derek and Yeah, Dan. I just feel so bad. Like going into the season, it's already kind of. I mean, the pecking order is already kind of determined, I feel like. I mean, they know what they're going to do. The only way that um, Casey and Janelle can, like, change where they are is win the HOH, honestly, because I don't see them getting out of their situation anytime soon. Well, yeah, I mean, like, when you you look at it in the way that you had to look at it, is you have essentially an alliance that's already been – it was formed two weeks before anything even happened. So Exactly. Right. So, like, if, there, if there's any, like, cracks in this alliance, we would have already seen it and this mistrust and stuff. It, it seems really solid in the terms of these next few weeks. Are pr- it's pretty obvious how it's going to go down if certain people win that HOH or certain people have power. Which I don't know if you um, – I don't know if you watched the first night of Feeds, but it was really interesting. Like, people were just, like – they barely said two words to each other, but when they get into a room with each other, they already were talking like they've been working – together for like the longest like they already knew that they were going to be on there together so they were like okay let's do this this and this it was pretty kind of yeah it was crazy yeah I mean the pre-gaming became really obvious when Memphis and Cody had their first conversation of the season and it was like they were fucking best friends yeah like they've known each other for years I was like right and they like I was so confused I was like this doesn't even make any sense yeah every conversation leading up to that point was everyone thinking Cody would nominate Memphis and they were just like fucking on the same page about everything Keisha has to go yada yada bullshit it just confirms that that scene with those two that just confirmed the whole Dan Derek thing already for me oh yeah for sure I mean like there's 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 no way that Derek and Dan didn't have something to do with this it, it makes sense now too because everyone because Dick kept talking about how Dan and Derek were pre-gaming with everybody before the season and that's why he thought they were on but this whole time they were pre-gaming for their people Memphis and Cody, really. Shout out to ED, because he uh he spoils everything. Yeah, I don't know how ED has all these connects. <laughs> he always got the connects. <clears throat> all right, another thing I wanted to talk about is, do you think that it's weird that people aren't really uh, pointing the fingers at the winners yet? That you'd think that the winners would come in with kind of an easier target on their back, especially with them being two, but neither one of them have been really talked about as much as terms of being threatening in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ian a bit, but Nicole seems to be like kind of escaping this whole target yeah. thing. It's kind of crazy. Like they're just um, blowing past them, 
But I mean, you look at Dr. Will in like the first uh, All Stars. They didn't really. They thought about going after him, and but he's just so suave and so good. But I mean, Nicole and Ian don't have that same type of uh, charisma that you would just want to like keep them in the game. And they're not. Um, they're not like. They're good winners, but they're the only winner. So it's like, it's kind of weird. I don't know how to explain it. I, I get what you're saying because I I thought going in that I. Th- I think that though to, uh, to a certain extent we do have to like factor in the fact that Cody is HOH and obviously Cody isn't going to go after Nicole so that's probably yeah. why there hasn't been a big stigma against Nicole yet because there's really no True. point of even thinking about it because you know Cody's not going to do anything but um with Ian being on the outs I, I, I would have thought somebody would have used it as an opportunity just to kind of get Ian to be the um, you know, in the spotlight, you know, oh, Ian's a winner. He's an easy person to put on the block. You know, I thought Keisha and Kevin would try to use that against him or something. I know Kevin's closer to Ian than yeah. most people, though. So, but like Keisha and Janelle or Keisha, like they really wanted to save Keisha. Ian would be a person that they could easily put the spotlight on with him being a previous winner, with him being, you know, known for laying low and then, you know, beasting comps at the end. You could build a resume against him, but I don't know. It's just, I feel like this people are missing out on that, that uh, aspect. Um, I've been watching feeds and uh, a lot of people are catching on to Ian, which is, I mean, I guess is smart because he is one of those people I could see like sliding to the end if they don't get him out within those first couple weeks. Um, same with Nicole, but Nicole, again, like preseason alliances, Nicole's, she's set to probably at least the final pre-jury or middle early jury. Yeah, I mean, like, apparently her and Danielle are, like, fucking best friends. Like, I didn't... Yeah, I, I did like, not know that. <laughs> me neither. I had no clue. Oh, my God. And they just instantly were working together when the season started. So, like, I feel like she just, at this point, played the game three weeks earlier than you were supposed to, and now she's kind of set, so... Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, like, it's hard because people... One of the big thing about this season is that is it's really hard to take people to face value and that's mm-hmm. because we've never had these first week feeds before where yeah. we're getting everything thrown at us at once when we're used to getting like just cut down yeah. to the most important most relevant stuff in like three edited episodes and then we get thrown into the shithole in this case we don't really know what everyone's thinking because we're waiting for the episodes to finally get like the real truth from the people's dr from the players drs and stuff so we we're like we're being told all these different pieces of information because like dave on one second is like yeah i want to work with nicole the next second she's like hell no never so it's really hard to know like this is it's weird because everybody's scared to play and uh usually like around this time when we finally get to see the feed like a lot of alliances have been formed and as soon as we open feeds like there's game talk immediately but this season it was a little weird seeing like no game talk the I mean the first two days like they would talk a little game but it was like barely anything anything to like significance yeah I, I agree it's actually kind of crazy because we're almost through this first week officially almost I we're like day five tomorrow and yeah. um we still don't technically really have a solidified alliance because we're getting yeah all these, that's crazy 
right? Like I thought something would have been built right now, but it seems like even with these preseason alliances coming in, there's so many of them that mm-hmm. no one knows what group they actually want to solidify and go forward with. Like we had Enzo yeah. saying he wants to work with Davon, Bailey, Nicole, and Danielle. But then in the same breath, they want to work with Cody and Tyler. And in the same breath, they want to work with Ian and Nicole A. So it's yeah. really confusing. I think once the second HOH, yeah, obviously when the second HOH happens, this is when we're going to see like the alliances and uh, the people that really came to play are going to start playing for real. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I, it sucks to say it, but I think with, with Keisha potentially leaving this week, because she seems to uh, be the easy target at this point. Yeah that's when the game kind of turns around because it's going to be that much harder to get rid of everyone else because I feel everyone else has more solidified relationships. Keisha's only relationships are with Janelle and Kaser, really. And yeah. both of them have already said they're not willing to actually go out of their way to save for this week. So I feel like and she's she, a sitting duck. Yeah, she thinks she has Memphis and it's like the complete opposite. It <laughs> yeah. sucks because I really wanted them to work together, but it's like he's on doing his own thing. Which is good for him because he's in the. It seems like he's in a really good position for everybody, honestly. Yeah, Memphis. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Memphis is in a really good spot. I, um, I think that the pre-gaming thing with Cody really helps his game out because. Yeah. Um, he's instantly kind of in the, he's, he's in that inner circle without actually having to show himself being in that inner circle. It's allowed him to build those relationships with Kaser and Janelle and Keisha and make them believe you know, this story that he's invented, that he's with them. And it, also at the same time, I think it makes sense for Memphis not to work with Keisha. I know people don't want to hear that, but Keisha went on yeah. about how she doesn't trust Memphis because he screwed her last time. Exactly. Over, like, why do people want it to be the other way around? <laughs> I don't get it. Obviously, Memphis shouldn't trust her. She doesn't trust him. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to say early, like, before we get deeper into the season, I really see Memphis getting at least final three. I really do. Because he seems like the player that can really slide – a lot of people like him. I know it's early to say, but, like, I can really see him getting to the final three. He's one of those oddballs that could really just slide through. I get what you're saying. I really think I, – I can say this. I see Memphis almost 100% making jury at least just because he's so – he's in a spot where he's really good with the majority and the minority also needs him no matter what. So even if they – so even if he votes Keisha this week, let's say, and there's a chance that he probably throws his vote to help Keisha just to make it seem like he's still with Janelle and Kaser. But even if mm-hmm. he went against her, there's nothing Janelle and Kaser can do to Memphis because they still need him no matter what. So I feel like he's perfectly set right now. I just think it's yeah. a little too early to call final three and stuff because I was saying Kevin's going to go really far a second ago and oh, right? his game <laughs> fell apart like the next day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just I need more things to develop before I start really pinpointing what I think is going to happen. But I, I definitely see Memphis being someone that goes deep. He just seems like that kind of player that no matter what, he's just kind of good at Big Brother. Big Brother is just kind of his game. Yeah. He's always in the kitchen, oddly enough. Every time I open feet, he's in the kitchen. That's just an odd thing. I don't know what it is in Memphis. I don't don't know. At first, I was like, oh, I I never see Memphis doing anything. Oh, Memphis is so screwed. And then, I I don't know. It just, next thing you know, he's, you know, everyone's best friend. It's weird. This game's developing really weirdly to me. But um, it's All-Stars too, so I guess it's supposed to be different than everything else. Yeah. Um, another thing, okay, so I wanted to ask David, David's strategy of playing dumb, playing the noob. Oh, so good. That's so good. I give him that. 
I, I love it too. I loved it because everyone truly believed. It's falling he actually, for it. They're really yeah, falling for it. Fans were falling for it, man. They're like, yes, oh, David, this. Stupid. I was even falling for it. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> well, I, the only reason I, I I was kind of falling for it until he asked how the POV worked. I was like, yeah, you got evicted early, but you were in the house watching people win the POV. Yeah, use the POV. Like, yeah. you have to know how a POV works. But um, yes, uh, he's in I, a really good spot. He is, but that's my question. My main question is this. Is David really as secure as it looks if every single time the person he's supposed to be closest with calls him Kevin instead of David? Is his relationship with Cody really that strong if Cody can't even remember his name? Okay, here's the thing with David. I feel like he's expendable. Um, He's at the bottom of whatever lines he gets into because people are really hesitant to, like, work with him because they don't really know how he plays. Um, When I watch feeds, a couple people, uh, Janelle was talking about how she – once him gone and um Kaser too. So it's kinda weird. Um I feel like um he he's at an advantage because like they don't know how he plays. They don't know if he's a social threat, a physical threat. So the best thing for him to do is just I mean roll with it until um he finds an opening to do something. I really don't know what he can do. But I mean I like the way he's playing right now, playing dumb. That's really smart. I've never really seen that except for, like, I guess Dan when he played dumb, like, on his first season. But, it's yeah, Tyler. I think that's really – yeah, Tyler too. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I think he's really playing it good for how he is right now, for where he's at. Yeah, I agree. I think that – I think that he's doing a, a good job in terms of, like, the conversations he's been in. He's contributed. He talks yeah. – he opens up and talks game to the right people. Like, he clearly has a really strong relationship with Avon. Like, he talks – yeah, I was expecting that. Yeah. And then um, my only thing with him is I think he needs to open himself up more to people that are being viewed as outsiders. I think David has that issue where he kind of falls into the, let's just make sure I'm good with the majority. And that's mm-hmm. all that matters because of his season where that's kind of how the game was. Just be good with the majority. And, and that's all that mattered at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's why right. he's opened up to where Janelle and Kaser are make, making it seem like he's such an easy target for him that for them that it makes sense for them to go after him when in reality it makes no sense at all and David should really be trying to build a relationship with them anyway but um Ian has stated that um he feels really good with David which was really surprising and I actually uh found that to be like a really good alliance I could see that really doing some uh damage in the game but yeah I agree with you he definitely needs to start um working with just trying to build a connection with Kaser and Janelle the outsiders instead of just um the majority alliance because that could definitely get him sent home early if he's just uh, pandering towards the majority lines. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think that uh, the I'm just going to put this out there since you just uh, said uh, talked about Ian and David. I think that a really good alliance for David that would be really smart would be like a David, Ian, Nicole, A, uh, Bailey, Davon, and Balin thing. Yeah, Bailey perfect. Thing right there. That would be, be such incredible. a perfect alliance. Yeah, Nobody would, be, would see it coming. Except for um, Davon and Bailey, for obvious reasons, like everybody's already pairing them together. I mean, right. we already know it's gonna happen, but uh, yeah, I feel like that's a really good alliance that could really, um, like, nobody would expect it. I don't think anybody would really expect that. Yeah, I don't think anyone would expect that group for sure. And it, it, and it would, I feel like it would be such an easy alliance to actually form because I feel like those five yes. are already like the only Connected. special one. Yeah. I think, yeah, like, they're already, like, connected. And, like, Cole and David, they have their preseason thing. Bailey and Davon have their thing. 
Ian and Nicole have their thing. Ian and David. The only questionable aspect of it would be Ian and Davon. Ian. Davon has made yeah. it very, very clear she views Ian as a very big threat. Yes. And that's my issue with Davon. Uh, I need her to stop openly saying who she views as threats. And um, I feel like she, I, I really want to root for Davon, but like her intuition is like off this season. I don't know what's going on with her. She is just, uh, she's backwards. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. Part of me thinks that she's just trying to play dumber because she knows that if she says too much to the wrong person that it can easily backfire on her like it did in season 17, like when she figured out the twin twist and instantly like told everyone and that yeah. like backfired against her. It was easy to use against her. I think that she's kind of learned that she can be as aware as possible, but if she tells the wrong person the wrong thing, it's it doesn't end well for her. So I don't know. I feel like there's a, I feel like it's way too obvious that Danielle and Nicole are working together for her not to know that. I know she needs to watch herself around uh, Danielle. I could see da- uh, Danielle really getting Davon into some big trouble this season. So Davon really needs to watch what she says around her. I kind of cringe when they're in the same room together by themselves because I already know that uh, Danny's probably going to go back and tell like Nicole or Cody. So it's really horrible watching that. I know. I feel the same way, especially because Davon is. My other thing with Davon is that she needs to stop playing for the fans, start playing for her. Yes. One of the first things she said was that, oh. I know you guys want the me and Danielle alliance, so I'm trying I to make it work. I cringe so hard. Oh, my God. I cringe so hard. I know. It's like, no, we don't want that yeah. alliance anymore because it's the exact opposite of what everybody wants right now. You just yeah. just play for you. Danielle Yeah, play for yourself. Yeah. But uh, Bailey's killing it to, to oh, go wow. on to someone else. I'm really surprised. Yeah, me too. I didn't think that really she surprised. had this really game. I've not seen uh, one person talk about her bad. I, I, I haven't personally seen it. I've watched Peas like a lot, I but I haven't seen anyone either. say anything bad about her. I don't either. I mean, every single person that's ever mentioned Bailey so far has been, I like her, I trust her. And that's yeah. the humane things. And then it's like, oh, she was on the challenge. So she's a good competitor. So people are yeah. coming up with all these good qualities to work with Bailey. It's working really well. The only thing I, the only time I ever see, the, the only thing I can see working against Bailey is if Tyler decides to, for whatever reason, go against Bailey. But I've heard him talk about Bailey, and he talks about how he wants to work Bailey. But Tyler's also weird. But, but we'll get into Tyler because there's so much to say about this guy. There's only yeah. so much to say about Tyler. But um, yeah, Bailey just she's doing really well. At, at both sides view her as a number for them. Both sides seem to trust her. She's getting an insane amount of information. She seems to be yeah. involved in every conversation that's exactly. relevant to the game. Uh, so. Swaggy's definitely been, been coaching her, I feel like, and he's done a good job. I can tell that he's, uh, like, really sat down and talked to her about who he she should trust and stuff. Um, the one thing that I feel uh, they, um, Bailey needs to worry about is uh, her connection with Davon. Because as soon as Davon might tank, she might tank too. So she needs to really watch um, watch herself being connected with Davon. But I mean, she can't really watch that because it's it's really hard to shake that um, her them as a duo. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, it's it's really early in the game, so of course, it's yeah. like you have to kind of gravitate towards the people that you get along with the most, and they clearly get along with each other more than they get along with anyone else in the house. So. They're obviously yeah. going to be around each other a lot. The thing is, uh, I want from both of them is that they try to spend more time away from each other because it's yeah. already building up that stigma of, oh, yeah, everyone knows Davon and Bailey are working together. And then yeah. you know, 
obviously the worst thing that can happen to you this early on in the game is if people view you as like two as a one. duo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're seeing it happen to Casey and Janelle right now. Um, we see it every year with Showman. Says people don't like the idea of if you have to, if you want to work with one of them, you have to work with both of them. So yeah, hopefully that stigma goes away soon. Um, I think that yeah, I mean, yeah, Bailey just, just I don't know what it is. She just came in, She's killing it. She is. She's really doing a really good job at uh going out of her way to have uh, a lot more. I think she's talked more strategy in this first four days than she did of all BB20. No hate, but um, true. <laughs> she's like really <laughs> playing the game. Like it, it feels like a different player completely. It's yes. almost like the challenge changed how she views competition games or something. Even though she, she said wasn't it herself, playing. she says she feels different. She says she's like a different. Well, yeah, she she seems like a whole different person the way that she's playing this season. But um, yeah. Anyways, I said that I wanted to talk about Tyler. There's so much to talk about Tyler. First thing I wanted to ask about Tyler is what is what do you think about this man's 80 final two deals he's already made in the camp? Okay, um, I'm speaking from my opinion. I'm not a big fan of Tyler. I know a lot of people are, but that's just me. Um, I mean, honestly. He just needs to watch out for his sake because uh, a lot of people already see him as um, the same person from BB20, so he has to really uh, dial down his reputation. I mean, honestly, he was probably – he was definitely expecting Casey and Josh in there, so he wouldn't have to do half as much work. But now that he sees that he's by himself, he's – I feel like he's relying more on individual bonds with people rather than uh, groups and majority alliances. Yeah, I agree. I think that Casey, Josh, and Paul not being on this season really threw off his whole strategy. Yeah. Because if they were that on the season, yeah, for sure. Because, like, if he was on the season, we would have a unit of five people already. My thing yeah. with Tyler is that he's very good at just getting along with people. People like yeah. him. People like to talk to him. Like, Davon's talked about how she wants to work with Tyler. Um, oh, my God. Why does everybody want to work with him? I'm so yeah, confused. Right? I know the only person that's even talked about potentially going against Tyler was Kaser, and now he wants to work with Tyler. So Tyler's in a really oh. good spot. Did you see um, when Enzo uh, talked to Cody? Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess it was a joke, right? He was just kidding about the whole Tyler thing because he's trying. Because I guess there's kind of like an alliance like between them three in Memphis that's like unsolidified, but like they're kind mm-hmm. of a group. So he was just joking, but I think. The way I've seen it, he was he was throwing it out there to test Cody just to see what he says, you know. But um, he, he also mentioned it to Nicole. He didn't say Tyler's name specifically, but he just said um, he asked Cody if he should use it to um, backdoor somebody. He didn't say Tyler's name, but he mentioned it to Nicole. Yeah, yeah, and he did have a conversation. I will say this: yesterday or the day before that, he did have a conversation with Cody, and he asked Cody. What do you think of Tyler? Cody said, I really like him. But at the same time, I think he could be a snake. So they both seem to, like, be questioning how much yeah. they can trust Tyler. Mm-hmm. But um, I think everyone still, like, it's like just weird. Yeah, everyone yeah. just likes him. You know, it, 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 it's the social game that's enough to get you past the first five weeks of the game. Yeah, My, I see him definitely going past five weeks. Me too. My only thing is that the one thing Tyler's doing wrong is he's playing way too hard already because he, yeah. like you mentioned earlier about how 
he can't really do the big alliance thing because he doesn't have those people right off the back that he's 100% trusted like he did in his season that made it a lot easier to solidify a group. He's And he's focusing so much on one-on-one relationships that he has a final two now with Devon, I think, Bailey, yeah. David, yep. um, <laughs> fucking, I'm trying to think who else. Cody. Yeah, Christmas. He just made one with someone else earlier today. I forget who it was. I think it was Bailey, actually, but um, I, th- I think, think he has one with Danielle. I'm not 100% sure. The thing with Tyler, I feel like he's trying to compensate for how good he was in his season. He's trying to do just as good, if not better. And I feel like he's going to overplay because of that, which sucks because he was really good in 20. Um, I see him being one of those players that fucks himself over rather than someone fucking him over. I yeah I agree completely. I think that he's 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 came into the season with this mindset that like oh you know I'm everyone views Tyler. me as a really really yeah like everyone views me as this really good player so that means everyone's gonna target me right off the bat and he's kind of forgetting the whole reason he did so good in BB20 was just that he was a really likable person that people just liked so it was easy for them to trust him so he should he's not having faith in his ability to just fly under the radar by just being a nice guy you know people don't realize just being nice is enough to get you to a certain point in the game and then you can start leveling up you know that was like Enzo's whole game the first time he played that's why he did so good same with Lane I mean some of the best social players that's what they do they're just nice for the first like few weeks of the game and then they turn up when they have to Tyler's turning up right away and and he's gonna keep going up 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 and up until he hits a ceiling point and then it's too late for him to come back down what, uh, what would you suggest Tyler do in this situation? Like, what do you think he should be doing instead of um, building all these final twos? Right now, I think the, the what I think he should be doing instead of building these final twos is solid is focusing on figuring out who he can trust. You know, reading people in the best way he can, having open conversations with as many people as he can without solidifying any promises. The, fi- mm-hmm. the problem with this game right now is that the moment that you agree to that final two, you're telling somebody that you're never going to never backstab put them. them up. Exactly. Yeah. You're never nominating them. You're never voting against them. It's a promise that's very, very hard to keep when you have that final two deal with five people. So he needs to take it back a level and realize that the moment that he screws one of these people over, one of these people have a conversation with the other, that his game blows up completely. It's over. Exactly. And like, by the... yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, like, he's completely forgetting the fact that Bailey and Cody have a really close relationship. One of the first people Cody said he will not nominate was Bailey. If they have a conversation and they both say, oh, yeah, we both have a final two deal with Tyler, there you go, Tyler. Your whole game's over. Two people are now coming after you, and they're telling the rest of the house that you can't be trusted. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely agree. Other than that, I think that he's doing a really good job in terms of like people, everyone likes him. I, mean, I don't think there's a single person said, oh, I don't like Tyler or, oh, Tyler is, like, even the people that say Tyler's a threat, like there's maybe like three people are like, oh yeah, Tyler's really good, but they end it by they saying, work oh, I really him. like him. Yeah, exactly. Like Keith yeah. and Janelle, like they're, they want to get rid of Davis so they can work with Tyler and Cody. It's like, yeah, that's like, everybody wants something with Tyler. It's just, he needs to stop promising so much, you know, he, can't make it so solidified so like so yeah. guaranteed essentially you know and if he does like by luck if he does get to the end like he's definitely broken a thousand bonds like and he's probably not going to win even if if he 
if he does get to the end, he's probably not going to win because, like, he has to break so many trust and bonds and, like, people are really going to be mad at him if he does get to the end well, yeah, already. Yeah. You think he would have learned from his season that he lost because yeah. of the exact same reason. Like, the same thing he did is he promised too much that he couldn't deliver. That's yeah. why Bailey voted against him. People always bring up the fact that Bailey voted against him. It's because he broke a promise to Bailey, which was, like, at the beginning of the season. Tyler did the same thing in BB20. It was just in BB20, the house was split right in half, and the same thing's happening on this season, which is why it's not coming back to bite him so quickly, yeah. is that when the, when the house is split in half, people get really distracted. Tyler takes advantage of that, and that's what he's good at. He did yeah. the same thing where he made too many deals in BB20, and I, I called him out on it. He just got lucky that the house was so split in half that nobody ever talked to each other. He made the mistake yep. of making a final two deal with Cody and Bailey, though, who are on the same side, and that's why I think it could really hurt him this time. Yeah, definitely agree. But with that being said, I think we should talk about another player who's really good socially, but not nearly as good strategically. He just won <laughs> HOH. He's doing some weird things in this <laughs> HOH. Let's talk about Cody because I think there's a lot to say. What What are your opinions on Cody's game so far? Uh, okay. Uh, winning the first HOH, okay, that's not bad. Um, his noms, I find his noms not that bad. I mean, I understand why he did it. Um, my problem with Cody is he's, I really, honestly, I can't really even, there's so much going on with him. Like I can't even pinpoint one thing. So I'm going to ask you, yeah, what do you find wrong with him? Cause I can't even pinpoint like one thing. Okay. The only thing I, the main thing I find wrong with Cody is that he's, he's, and this is my, I'm going to start off by saying this is, I had a big issue with Janelle and Case when they first walked in the house. And that was that they were like, we're going to try not to make it obvious that we're together, even though no matter what they did, people were going to associate them together. Mm -hmm. My thing with Cody is that him going out of his way to try to make it so like, to make it seem like he's not friends with Nicole to me is really yeah. ridiculous for his game because that just makes <laughs> him look like a fucking liar. People are going to be like, we know you're close with Nicole. Why are you trying to say that you're not? You may as well yeah. just admit it when people already know. It just makes you look bad. That's one thing I don't really like about Cody's game. It's just like, you may as well just admit it. My number two thing is that he's really, really obvious with everything else. He's super mm -hmm. obvious that he's close with Tyler. He literally said that let's run this house as Case was walking into the fucking room. Oh yeah. What are you talking about? Why why is Cody so obvious with his strategy with everyone else, but so secretive with the person he's obviously working with? It just doesn't make sense to me. I just don't think he has that strategic mindset to play Big Brother. I think he really needs yeah. a Derek to a Derek, yeah. Good. Yeah. I don't see him going far this season at all. Um he's he's like um really easy to manipulate and um He's not really doing a good job yet, again, of hiding his alliances. He's kind of spread out over the house. I mean, right for right now, maybe these first couple, like these three weeks, he might be good. Um, I don't see um, Kevin coming after him. But other than that, yeah, he has really nothing going on for him other than him winning the first HOH and kind of building an okay alliance. But, I mean, nothing solidified yet. Yeah. I don't really see much going for him. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, winning the first HOH obviously made well, it made sense to me at the time. Now it makes no sense to me now that I know about all this pre-gaming stuff because yeah, <laughs> just, like, now that I'm, it's real so redundant. 
Yeah, like now that I know that he already had all these alliances and deals coming into the game that he pretended like he didn't have just for the show, he didn't need that <laughs> HOH at all. It just made yeah. him look like a bigger fucking threat and put blood on his hands because he was going to go after Kaiser and Janelle and they know. And then he exactly. ended up having to nominate Keisha and Kevin. So that's just four people that have a problem with him now. But um, I think it would have been better for his game if he had just threw it to Ian in the first place. I'm, I mean, you can't really throw a competition, but if Ian had a won that HOH, I think it would have been way better for Cody because that would just make Ian look even worse because he's already a winner. He's coming in beast, beasting all these comps already. So he should have definitely threw that. Yeah, I, I think that it would have definitely worked out better for Cody's game, especially with the fact that Ian already went into the house with the mindset of, like, he wanted to work with Cody and he was trying to use that whole, like, you picked yeah. Derek and I picked Dan thing to his advantage to make an alliance. I feel like there's just that he would have been safe no matter what this week and – he yeah, didn't and have he, to put blood in his hands. He he kept saying that he saw the the group that he was in with the people that were competing in the HOH, and he didn't feel comfortable. But I was looking at all the people. I'm like, I don't think any of them would really even think about nominating you. So it's just so stupid. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, I mean, who? I think maybe if anyone in that group that would have nominated him, Nicole A, maybe. Maybe yeah, maybe Nicole A. But other than that, I didn't really see anybody. Well, yeah, yeah, nobody, no one else. I really don't. Th- I just don't yeah. think Cody's that person that people have on the radar uh, as like a need to get out right away thing. But um, yeah, yeah and his the, paranoia. Yeah, in. his paranoia is what, through the roof. He's always questioning things, and that was his issue on season sixteen. And that's what it, it comes down to. It's like every time I think of Cody, I'm like, he is a really good social player that can win competitions, but he's just so bad at the strategical aspect of Big yeah. Brother. Like, you need a Derek to do good he just needs one it sucks to say that he actually benefits from somebody manipulating his game completely that it makes his game better (laughs) but it's the truth he literally needs someone to play the game for him for it to be good his stats are so good in like the other aspects but when you get to like strategy it's just like the bare minimum uh he's a a 50 overall in um, (laughs) strategy No badges, 50 overall statistical <laughs> player. Like, this guy, I don't yeah, know what it is. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you about, uh, yeah, Keisha and and uh, Kevin. Like, how do you think, what do you think they could have done? Or, um, or was there any solution for them to do anything? Or, hmm. Well, Keisha is... I love Keisha. I loved her on BB Town. I wanted her back so badly. She's played this week so horribly, though. Her lack of socializing yeah. with Cody or anyone on that side. Not of the house, even really. talking to him. Oh my god. Exactly. She she didn't say anything, and she made it very clear that she was close to Janelle and Kaser. So if you can't nominate them two, you have to nominate Keisha. There's literally no other option. It's just blood on yeah. your hands if you nominate anyone else. And then with Kevin, Kevin almost saved himself with that con- last second conversation. So yeah. I think there's almost nothing Kevin could have done to really save himself. That conversation was like the most he could have done. He should have just done it maybe earlier. Earlier, Exactly. Like I, he should have tried something earlier is the most he could have done. I still think Cody should have nominated like Nicole A over him anyway. It would yeah. have made more sense to his game. But I would definitely say, yeah, if he had to talk to him early, I could definitely see um, Nicole A and Keisha being noms if he had to just talk to him a lot earlier. Exactly. Like – like yeah exactly it just should it was just too little too late at that point like there was like only so much more headspace i think cody could fit information into so but um and they both seem what are you saying 
I was going to say, like, yeah, with Kevin, it's just like he's he had – actually, no, you go, you go. I was want to hear you just – I don't know. I lost my thought. They're, like, both uh, – you can tell they're both, like, out of the whole BB world. Like, they're so, like, lost in the sauce. Like, they're not even, like, here with this. So, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I know Keisha's, compl- like, a completely different player. Like, in her season, yeah. she's a lot more social. She was a lot more willing to, to put up with people she didn't like just to be safe. Now she's, like, kind of, if you're not one of these three people that I like, I'm probably not <laughs> going to talk to you. <laughs> Vacation type. Stuff. Exactly. She's kind of just – she's just kind of there to be friends. I think that she's still uncomfortable in the atmosphere, and she's trying to get back into feeling like she's playing Big Brother again. Obviously, it's yeah. been a long while since she's been in the house. I just think she's not going to get the chance to finally feel comfortable yeah, in the sucks. environment again. I know. It she's does definitely suck. leaving. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's – like – it's like there's only so much you can do if you're barely talking to people. Or like she, I don't think she's talked to enough people in the house to have the votes. Like there's not enough people she's had one-on-one yeah. conversations with to vote for her to stay. The Can only way. Have... Yeah. What are you saying? I was uh, gonna say. Yeah. Uh, the only way I see her uh, staying is if like um, by some chance somebody changes something last minute. But I really don't see her staying. Yeah. Yeah. I it. <laughs> Yes, yeah, she'd have to be vetoed off the block to, I think, really to, because like, when even Janelle and Kaser, like, Kaser well, seems to be a lot more willing to try and save Keisha, but Janelle's yeah. like, I'm completely out at this point. Like, if she goes, she goes. I mean, Janelle literally said, oh, "Are we gonna be mad if Cody takes out our alliance member and Keisha? Hell no, it's just a game. I don't care. You know, like she doesn't give yeah. a shit. So it's like she has no one fighting for her, and she's barely fighting for herself. It's just, it, yeah, it just doesn't seem possible. And Kevin, on the other hand, he he's he is uh, playing a lot. Of a, like a of a f- feel bad for me game right now where he's kind of moping yeah. around and barely strategizing, but the, he made enough connections at the beginning beginning of the game that people mm-hmm. have a reason to keep him over Keisha at least. I was expecting a lot more from Kevin. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little disappointed, but I see um, he couldn't really do, do that much. I mean, in the position that he was in, like coming in with nobody, like I don't think he really knew that many people coming in anyway. So, yeah, I kind of see why he's first nom, but, like, I'm a little disappointed. I want to see some more of his old – same with Keisha, obviously, but, yeah. I'm a little bit more disappointed in Kevin. Well, yeah, me too, because Kevin was the better player on it. Like, in his, on yeah. his season compared to Keisha on her season, Keisha was great, but Kevin was, like, next yeah. level in he terms of – He was going to win. Yeah, he was, he was a winner. He was literally yeah. going to winner win if he won that final HOH. Yeah. My thing with Kevin is the first two days he was doing so well. He he he's talked to everyone. Everyone fucking likes him. The only person he hadn't mm-hmm. had a conversation with was Ke- Cody. Hence why he ended up getting nominated. <laughs> <laughs> the irony, yeah. Exactly, and then um, it's just I don't know what it is, but Kevin is. It's even in BB Eleven, he had a hard time with like if he was being targeted or he knew someone wanted him out. He kind of like went into the zone where he for a couple of days was kind of out of it. And once he got nominated by Cody, it was like he was done. And I get that it's probably his strategy to make himself look weaker. He was probably like he, he yeah. wants people to feel less threatened by him. Obviously, if he's talking a lot and he's out there socializing with everyone, it might give people more of a reason to be like, oh, he is better than Keisha. Let's just get rid of him now. Keep yeah. the weaker player. But Danny, who was talking about that? Somebody was talking about I think it was Christmas. Somebody was talking about maybe getting him out because he was good at the comp at the the veto. 
I can't remember, but um, oh, yeah, somebody I, mean, was, I must have missed that then. Yeah, somebody was saying that he was good in the veto comp, so like maybe they should take him. I think it was Christmas. She was saying that he was good in the comp, so Sounds maybe like they should take him out. Dumb shit like that. <laughs> I know, right? Of <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, all people, Christmas, the only person that thinks for a second, let's get rid of Kevin because he was decent at a veto comp. Dude. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Kevin, I think, needs to quickly realize that the whole moping around strategy is not going to work this season. I keep saying this. People think looking weak is going to be good in All-Stars, but everyone knows you're strong. Yeah. So the weaker you look, the less people want to work with you. They view you as an easy person to get rid of, an easy excuse, a no-blood you know, elimination. You got to start yeah. playing harder. People need to just play. There's no, yeah. there's no excuse not to play this season. Literally. Literally, everyone that's uh, looked weak so far has it's been used against them. Everyone. Nicole A, for me. example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah they. Um, yeah, Davon too. Like they were mentioned, like um, when Danny was talking about like alliances, and um, any time that somebody brought Davon uh, as like um, an option to bring in, she would say, "Is she even good at comps?" Uh, so yeah, it's really just like people want people that are going to be strong and that are actually going to pull their weight. So. You might as well play hard or don't play. Exactly. At this point, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty clear. I mean, we have the two players that we've talked about as probably being the most out of it so far on the season, and they're both in the yeah. block right now, with Ian and Nicole A being the next two probably most out of it players also being mentioned as possible targets. David, who's playing stupid, also been mentioned as a possible <laughs> target. It's very clear if you look weak this season, you're a possible target. Just step it up. There's yeah. no point. Right. There's no point. It's not a regular season. This is All-Stars we're talking about. I hate when people say that, but it's true. This is like, it's actually like, there's a different mentality with the way that people are playing this year. Yeah. I can see if it was a regular season, but yeah, this is All-Stars. So yeah, you got to step it up a thousand. Yeah. So who did we just talk about? Why do I forget? <laughs> Uh, Kevin and Keisha. We just talked. Oh about yeah, okay. Talk about Kevin and Keisha. My, all right. My final thoughts on Kevin and Keisha is this: Kevin is most likely going to stay this week, but I still think he needs to step it up and start building relationships and working on those relationships that he's already built because next week is still going to be there if he's around and he needs to focus on not being up again the next week because he doesn't want to be stuck in that Yeah, he need. Well, he definitely needs to win that HOH for sure, just so he can kind of put that put his print on the game. Keisha, yeah. she's essentially not really doing anything at all. She's kind of starting to try more. She needs to just go all out already and just do something. I mean, she may as well just have Keisha's birthday fight like all over again at this point because <laughs> it will do something at least make people talk about her more than they are right. now. She needs to do something to be the center of attention at this point because yeah. it's just not working for her the way it's going right now. And that's my final thoughts on both of them. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about Christmas yet. You mentioned Christmas, and I totally forgot that she was on this season. But, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> I got to admit, though, she's once you mentioned good. her, yeah, she's doing good. People like everyone's saying, I like Christmas. I like Christmas. I want to work with Christmas. What's going on? I, Christmas is good at social games. That's the one thing that she was good in season 19 is that everyone liked her. The only yeah. person that didn't like her was Cody, and the only reason why Cody didn't like her is because she was <laughs> – on the same team as Paul. That's the only reason. It's the only reason yeah. he didn't like her. Everyone else loved Christmas, and I've always spoke highly of her social game. Yeah, of course, strategically, she didn't do jack shit on that season. She didn't do anything at all. Yep. But, 
Well, that just seems to be the name of the game for the All-Star 2 players. Half of these people aren't really great strategically, but they're really good socially. Christmas seems to be bringing that social game to All-Stars 2. What do you think Christmas can do to really put herself in that contending spot for the win? What's going to take her from this middle, in my opinion, just kind of like middle of the pack right now to top of the game? Okay, I think she's playing it really out of maybe – I feel like – Bailey's playing the best for me, and then I'll put Christmas in that row, like, really next below Bailey. Uh, I think Christmas is doing a really good job. Honestly, um, she I, – I can't really critique her game because I think she's doing really good, even though I don't like her at all. Um, she's doing really good, so I can't really <laughs> say anything bad because I really think she's doing good. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, I mean, there's – I don't think she's actually really doing anything bad at all. I mean – Yeah, I can't I critique think... anything. Yeah, I know, right? I think, actually, the only person in the game that is actually good for to throw competitions is probably Christmas and Bailey. Like, they're the only ones that shouldn't be winning just because yeah. they're kind of in such a good spot socially. I, there's not too much to say about Christmas because she hasn't done a lot, but it, this is only four days in. I mean, the fact that so many people have already done so much is probably not a good thing anyway. So yeah. it's probably yeah, good that I she hasn't done a lot. Everybody's probably forgot about her already, as we have already too <laughs> yeah so i don't sure. really think that they really care for christmas at this point i can see her coming a threat maybe jury but other than that i don't see her being a threat anytime soon yeah i i agree i think that she'll eventually become a threat when like the good players are out so yeah yeah the, yeah. the like scraps are left pretty much once <laughs> she starts winning competitions and people are like oh wait Maybe get rid of her because she can ruin stuff. Yeah, 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 pretty much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, Christmas, there just isn't a lot to say about Christmas, you know. Yeah, she gets an A. Yeah, she gets an A. She's she's in a really good spot. She's in a really good spot. Someone else who's in a really good spot but might be doing a little too much, especially a little too much yapping to other players is Danielle. What do you think about her? Game? I was going to get, yeah, I was going to say Danielle. Um, I don't know. I see her definitely being, she's already doing like a Netta, a Netta, because she is going like downhill. I'm not, fans are not really happy with her, but she's playing for her, which I understand. She's being really ruthless. Um, as for things that she's doing bad, she needs to stop um, throwing people under the bus. Um, she And I think a lot of people are catching on to her. Like when she has conversations with people, she asks them questions, but she doesn't give them any information. And a lot of people are catching on to that and kind of getting sketched out with her. And a lot of people already see her as somebody uh, they should take out. Um, not now, but in when it gets really nitty and gritty. So she's not, she's in a good position for right now, but... I definitely see her becoming a target in pre-jury, honestly. Yeah, I with Danielle, she's doing really – I think she's doing a really, really good job right now in terms of, like, she's having conversations with everyone that's important to have conversations with. She's getting in – we talked about how Bailey is getting a lot of information. Danielle's probably getting even more information than Bailey is. Yeah. And um, my only thing with Danielle is – um, why does she? Why is she already so trusting in, in Cody and Nicole? Like, I just don't understand yeah, why she's trusting. Yeah, this is odd. 
Yeah, it's just weird. Why does she trust him so much to give every little bit of information that she's get? The one thing in Big Brother that you can use as leverage. She should know that she played fucking twice. She should know that the most important thing in the game is information. Keep that to yourself and only use a little bit of it to get you more information. Yet she just gives it all up. And she doesn't get anything back. Because what the hell is Nicole <laughs> and Cody tell her? Nothing. They don't know shit. <laughs> right. And, and again, it goes back to um, preseason alliances. So she already has trust in Nicole. She, I mean, apparently she has trust in Cody. So, I mean, that's pretty – It's these preseason alliances, I already said, a lot of these people for past pre-jury. So, um, yeah, she's not really doing anything bad otherwise other than, like, um, telling all her information to Nicole and Cody. Uh, the one thing I would say maybe she could do is uh, – Maybe stop, yeah, just stop name dropping, uh, like Nicole and Devon. Because I, I mean, uh, not Nicole and Devon, uh, Bailey and Devon, because I feel like that's eventually gonna come back to haunt her. Yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> everyone's like, hey, I liked, I like Devon, and then she's always like, oh, can we really trust Devon? Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's unnecessary at this point in time. I see her butting heads with a lot of people this season. I, it's just me, or I, I really, oh see no, her. well. <laughs> People, people always love Danielle. I get it's really easy to ignore everything that's like every flaw in Danielle's game when she's the underdog every season and people like the underdog and through for her. Danielle was extremely yeah. confrontational. Everyone on season eight hated her because they thought she was really bratty and butted heads with every person on the cast. And everyone in BB13 didn't like her because she stabbed everyone that she put <laughs> on the back almost instantly. There's a reason why Danielle doesn't get very far in the game without, you know, winning every competition it's because she does a lot to make people not like her. I mean, I yeah. love Danielle. It's fun to watch, but she does not get along with other people. And you can already yeah. see her starting to dislike people for literally no reason. She went on about how she doesn't like Janelle and doesn't like Davon, doesn't like this person, that person. It's like, why? Yeah, she um, she um, definitely needs to watch out. I think she's doing good so far, yeah. But other than that, uh, she's doing good. She needs to watch. She needs to watch. Yeah, what she says. That's not my only critique for her. Watch what she says. Yeah, she she definitely needs she definitely needs to watch her. One thing, main thing is she definitely needs to watch what she says. My other thing is she needs to be a little more aware of what's going on around her. She, I, I just think it, she has no reason to like. She has no reason to not trust. Like, want to work with. Like, want to make some sort of alliance with Janelle and Kaser just to protect her when she knows they have no one else. She yeah, has no she's reason to trust Tyler so much. Yeah, she really is set in her ways. I, I don't know what it is. She's, like, not willing to budge, essentially. She's, like, stuck in this situation. Like, she every time someone mentions Tyler to her, too, she's like, oh, yeah, but he's so nice. I really like him, though. It's like, why yeah. Tyler? Why are you so fucking set on working with Tyler? If she's not willing to, um like, um adapt and change around who she works with, I don't see her going far yeah she's definitely someone that i feel like will be stuck to one alliance and that's going to like fuck her over yeah i agree especially since i i really feel like on the side of the house that she's on right it's like right now it's not as obvious because she's very clearly above so many people on the pecking order that it seems like she's on the top but really Mm -hmm. she's kind of on the bottom for alliance because nicole's gonna pick cody over her cody's gonna pick nicole tyler and cody are gonna pick each other over her and like, yeah. they're gonna pick Enzo over her too. Like they, they 
all like Enzo. Seems like more than they like Danielle. They've they've already had conversations about. Oh, I don't know if I can trust Danielle. I'm questionable of Danielle. She's a really good player. I just feel like she's not opening herself up to the other options that she has in front of her. Yeah, I feel like the other people on the other side are, are more acceptable to her, and she would probably be maybe like one of the top uh, people of any alliance if she goes over to the other side. But now, at, for now, she's at the bottom of her alliance. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Yeah, for she's sure. really I, expendable. If, yeah, she's definitely super expendable, and and everyone has every reason to get rid of her because she's so she's proven she's such a huge threat in her past seasons winning so many i mean she's tied for the most amount of beatles won in a single season i mean like there's so many yeah. reasons to say like to 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 explain why you would want to get rid of danielle it's almost hard to argue it with i mean even her dad was confused <laughs> yeah. so if he's confused then I, it's pretty safe to say we're all confused yeah, honestly, I had, I the last thing I expected was Danielle to work with all the new school players instead of the and go after all the old school players because she's an old school player. I don't want yeah, to she's an old school player. I'm so confused. <laughs> At least with Enzo, it almost kind of makes sense because he's kind of right there in that mid school position where he could go either way, and that's it's like all right, oh, fine. Speaking of Enzo, yeah, I definitely think he's playing one of the best games right now. He's up there with Bailey and Christmas. Yeah. I feel like he's in one of the best spots. Yeah, this is, uh, the thing about Enzo is he's so extremely underestimated in his ability to play what is the most important part of the pre-jury game. And this goes back into every season we've had. And I can go to season 19 and Kevin played the perfect pre-jury game. And I can go to um, season uh, fucking, you know, even like season 20 and say, you know, Scotty even played like the perfect pre-jury game in a, in a sense or like all these other great players. And it's just that, the most important aspect of the pre-jury stage of the game is just being a person people like to be around. Enzo's yeah. so funny and fun. People just Every like time, talking to him. Yeah, yeah. Every time someone brings him up, it's a positive, in a positive light. Um, he needs to calm down competition-wise. Yeah, winning Vito this week was so unnecessary. Oh, my God. So unnecessary. My thing with him winning the veto, I think I think it was good for him to win the veto, and here's two reasons why. One thing is that it's it it solidified him in terms of his positioning with other players in the house because people mm-hmm. were questioning, was like, oh yeah, we all like Enzo, but Enzo's not good at competitions. He can't win. Well, that's thrown out the window now. He won the very first power of veto and just proved that he can win competitions as a different kind of player. And number two people can't say he's playing the exact same game all over again because his yeah. whole game the first time was losing competitions and not looking like a threat. Well, now he's won a competition and he's clearly playing a completely different game in that aspect that it kind yeah. of throws people off in terms of what they think of Enzo, where maybe people aren't going to be as sketchy of him. Like when they first walked in the house, everyone's like, Enzo's going to play the exact same game. I expect Enzo to make guys <laughs> alliance and do this and that and do this and that. And now he's kind of looking like a completely different player that people might not use that against him as much. I think that that you kind of he kind of had to do that just to kind of get that stigma of, of Enzo's just gonna do the same thing all over again out of people's head. Yeah, and he keeps on mentioning uh, uh, like he's not trying to play the same game, uh, which is good. I mean, he's proven that he's not trying to play the same game, so I give him props. Um, but yeah, I think he's doing really good. I see him going far too. Yeah, he's. He's just so good at is like Enzo's always been really underrated as in his social game. His social game has always been incredible. He's just really good at getting along with people and getting people to like him. And I've always said this in Big Brother, if 
people are sharing, like, if fans love you because you're telling hilarious stories, chances are everyone in the house does. We've seen it with Justin on Big Brother Over the Top. We've seen it with James in season 17, Kevin in 19. All these players that people love to just, like, kind of sit around like they're a campfire and listen to them tell stories. That's basically Enzo's game right now. He just tells all these funny, hysterical stories about how he got the Meow Meow nickname or whatever else, and then people love him because of it, and that's the perfect way to kind of float you flow, I'm going to use with quotation marks, float your way through the first few weeks without being known as a threat because people just like you enough to want to keep you around. Yep, definitely agree. Yeah, he's definitely, uh, he, if he keeps it up, he's going all the way to the end, I feel like, too. He's another yeah. one. Enzo's see. definitely someone I can see going very, very far. Enzo's because Enzo's not just social game. He also has really, 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 really good strategic gameplay. I also like that, he, like you said, he's obviously not playing the same game anymore. People expect him to make an all-guys alliance. It doesn't seem like that's ever happening. He like He's made it really clear he wants to work with Bailey and Dave on. Like, they, I don't think an all-guys alliance is in the cards for Enzo this season, which shocked him, even me. I thought he was going to do it, too. I thought yeah. 2.0 was happening. but Me, too. I actually really thought, I thought it was going to be uh, Tyler, Cody and um, Enzo, but I mean they have a little group form, but they're integrating the girls in there, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's there, there's like that kind of unspoken like, oh yeah. yeah, this guy's thing is kind of there, but I still think, I, I think that every one of those guys very obviously has a girl they'd rather work with anyway, and I think that Enzo's yes. included in that and, and having other people he'd rather work with ultimately than that group specifically, so yep. But yeah, I think I think uh, Enzo is playing off these first few weeks perfectly. I think that he just needs to keep doing what he's doing so far, and he's going to get far. I do think that like the toning down competition thing is definitely right. Like he won one veto, he proved he's willing to win competitions this season. He proved he's not trying to look like a to look less threatening. Now he should probably take not win another one until like we hit jury at least. Then yeah. maybe try start winning again. Would be nice. It would, it would definitely be pretty cool to see Enzo become a like, competition beast. Yeah. Not gonna um, lie. Yeah. His, his personality gets him halfway through the game already. So, yeah, definitely he, agree. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it's just like I bring it back to Kevin from season 19. I think no one gives him credit for this because he threw his game away at the end. But, um,. <laughs> People always forget Kevin had one of the greatest, like, likable personalities on that season to the point where people were, like, they were going to bring him to the end no matter what just because they liked him, you know? Just yeah, looking back, I, yeah, looking back, I definitely see Kevin winning. That, that's just a side note. But, yeah, I definitely agree with you. But, yeah, so, I, yeah, yeah, I thought Kevin I thought Kevin was going to win, too, there for a little while. <laughs> but um, um, he kind of threw his game away at the end when he started getting really aggressive with everybody for some reason. <laughs> he started, like, I don't know what it was. Season 19, everyone put up, was put under spell by Final Six where they just wanted Paul to win no matter what, so they stopped playing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think Enzo's pretty – pretty set at this point so we talked about a lot of people so far but one person we haven't talked about is someone who i think is kind of a question mark but i think can be really dangerous in this game if she plays her cards right i think we need to talk about nicole a what do you think about her gameplay right now um i can see her going any minute i hate to say it i really like nicole but i see her going any minute uh she doesn't really have any connection with the other side that much She's um, the only people I see her working with right now is Devon, Bailey, um, Kevin, and Ian. But other than that, I haven't 
really I mean I could be wrong but I haven't seen her really like try to forge anything with the other people outside of that group yeah I I agree I I I say I say that Nicole could be a really dangerous player if she plays her cards right because Nicole yeah. has this um way of, yeah she has this way of making she's really likable she's like this really sweet innocent type that people mm-hmm. like to that would that people would like to protect and, and want to work with, but not view as a threat. And I think that she could really use that to her advantage. But she, I don't know what it is. She's just she and she had the same issue in her original season, where at the beginning of the game she kind of just sticks to herself and a few people that she's that she feels comfortable with, and she mm-hmm. doesn't really reach out of that that out of that group for like a few weeks. The difference about BB twenty one was that you know if you weren't white you were instantly getting evicted no matter what. <laughs> so it was really easy to keep yourself protected without actually having to do anything, and then eventually play when it was finally time to play. This season's right. a little different. Um, <laughs> she's gonna have to play her real <laughs> sooner than later if she wants to stay protected. So she needs to do something. Um, like she she obviously has a relationship with Kaser and Janelle, and she has her thing with Ian. But is that enough? Because what does she really have outside of that? People are like, oh yeah, I like her. I want to work with her. But people still seem to kind of be hesitant in towards how much they trust her. So I think that if she just hops on, they like just starts working on those relationships now, she'll be good. Yeah. If, if she I waits compare, too long. Yeah, if um if I could compare it to like any player right now, I would compare it to like Ramsey. I feel like she's really just in her bubble, but like she's expendable to anybody. I feel like even the old school alliance would use her in any situation. I feel like they would just use her to throw her up as like a pawn. I really I mean I really don't want her to go early, but I really do see her going early this season. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I honestly think that if Cody would go up to Kaser and Janelle, if, or Kaser, if Kaser were to win H2H, I think if – no, not Kaser, Janelle, actually. Sorry. Yeah, Janelle. <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> if Janelle was to actually win H2H and Cody were to actually go up to Janelle and say, you have to nominate Nicole and then I'm going to be 100% willing to be going on, for some reason Janelle is so bad at Big Brother, I think that she would actually take she that deal and throw it. Nicole on the block. Yep. Yep, it sucks, but uh... – no yeah, hate against Chanel or anything. She's just not good at strategy. She just isn't – it's just not her thing. Yeah. Um, good thing she has Kaser, I guess, but he's probably yeah. going to soon. Uh, she's not, like, listening to anything he said. <laughs> she's like – At all. I don't know why she isn't. Kaser she, – she's – in terms of reading the house, her and Kaser are both on par knowing exactly what's happening, yet they have completely different ideas on how to tackle it. <laughs> Kudos it, to Kaser, too. He he, I think he has the best um, view of what the house is actually like. Uh, everybody else is pretty incorrect except for Kaser. I feel like, yeah. Oh yeah, Kaser, he's got it pinpoint literally perfectly. I don't think he's actually gotten a single thing wrong other than his whole David idea, like him and Janelle's idea. Yeah, I don't know what that was David about. Doesn't even make sense. I, I don't know why that's in his head, but <laughs> other than that, he has everything pinpointed almost perfectly. The only thing that he's not getting is the Memphis and Enzo. They're the only two people yeah. that he hasn't got completely figured out yet. Yeah. Um, this vote will definitely tell him, though. I feel like once oh, you yeah, see yeah. how everyone's voting and, like, uh, once he has conversations with them, uh, I think he definitely will see that they're probably not on his side as much as he thinks they are. I think he'll figure out Memphis for sure. Maybe not Enzo, just because Enzo has more of an excuse to vote out Keisha because 
with Memphis, there's no, like, with Memphis, they'll view it as a complete fucking betrayal because they had a whole fucking conversation, the four of them together, you know, talking about, like, working together and stuff. And then yeah. instantly Memphis went to Cody and went on about how Kaser's out of his mind thinking that he has to work with Keisha. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis is on something for some reason, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, my only thing with Kaser, he, credible read on the house like i said the only people that he's he hasn't figured out completely is memphis and enzo and one is because memphis is kind of playing this weird like unpredictable game where yeah you can't really figure out what he's doing because it makes no sense but it's thanks to pre-gaming and then um enzo is just enzo is one of those players that he he's really good at fogging fogging you know like your perception of him and making it seem like maybe he's on your side maybe he's on the other side who knows but um My only thing with yeah. Kaser is that he talks too much. He told Danielle his whole strategy, and that was the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen anyone do in my life. He did? I didn't see. Did he? What did he say? Uh, well, it was it was even before the safety suit. It was before he won the safety suit. Danielle comes up to him just obviously fishing for information. It's just like, you know, who do you, you know, think is a threat? And, of course, Kaser goes, oh, yeah, I am really have my eye on Cody and Tyler. It's like, Cody just went uh... to age. Why? you saying his name to people that you don't know you can trust yeah he's hey. stuck in that uh, old school versus new school mentality i feel like yeah yeah that's ex- that's the exact that's the thing right like him and janelle view danielle as someone they can work with and uh, yeah exactly it's the complete opposite and Kaser's always been this person that's too trusting of people you know, like, we've seen it in BB6 when he threw the competition and got evicted. We've seen it in BB7, <laughs> apparently, when Janelle was going to pick him for the veto, and he insisted on not going up, not playing, because he, he he thought for sure that it would be Howie instead of him, because he made a deal with blah, 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 and they wouldn't betray him. And that's just Kaser's, Kaser, I think Kaser's kind of growing out of that mentality a bit this season, where he, he is questioning people, Yeah, but he's still saying too many names to people like he he he's he has no problem saying people's like he has no problem saying hey tyler david and and cody to like everybody that asks him it's just do like you, um do you think he's gonna to exactly uh do you think he's gonna set a record for uh pre-jury three times this season um I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't see a <laughs> world where Kaser is makes a jury this season. I just yeah, don't see it. It sucks. <laughs> sucks. Yeah. It does it at least jury, so yeah. Yeah, I I really want him to make at least jury. But, yeah, yeah I'd love for him to make it fire, but I just don't see I don't think it's possible yeah. at all. But the, the safety suit changes it up, but I'm not even sure like how does the safety suit thing work? Can you competing it like more than like twice mm-hmm. in a row or no yeah that's oh, what i thought I that's think. another thing um yeah they both competed in the competition and uh so for the next weeks they can't compete in it at all anymore so it was so dumb of them both doing it like it really made no sense one of them can ever compete in the safety suit again no they can't because they They're both done. did it <laughs> yeah there's so no i was like they waited no last minute to do true. it yeah they wait last minute to do it and um, they, yeah, it was like a ten, a minute left, and they both decided to do it, and they were both at the door like dumbasses waiting to get in. <laughs> when she just said, uh, "I'll do it," and then you do it maybe next week, but yeah, yeah, only one of them should have done it. Like obviously, one of them had to do it. They figured out that Cody was going to nominate them. One of them had to. One of them was going home. It's just yeah. both of them shouldn't have done it. I, I want to ask you this. If one of them 
by the grace of God, one of them wins HOH next week. How do you think they what, – what do you think they should do to turn around their game so they could go a little more further in the game? They have two options. They have – they nominate either Cody and Nicole or they nominate Nicole and Danielle. Those are the only two things that I see being the smartest possible move for them. It allows – it opens them up to – to working with um, the middle players more. I think if Cody goes up the second week, it makes Enzo want to work with him that much less because he views him as like a a liability. And Enzo's Mm -hmm. kind of questioning whether or not he wants to work with Janelle. If Case were to win HOH next week and nominate Cody and strike a deal with Enzo, I think they could easily pull a player like Enzo into onto their side. Enzo's already questioning Nicole F anyway. So if it's Cody and Nicole, it just gives him that much more of a reason to want to side with them. If they pull an Enzo, they can easily pull in, you know, Davon and Bailey. And it just, if they were to put up Cody and Nicole next week, I, I can see them gaining a lot more numbers in their favor to potentially get them to jury. And if not them, I feel like you have to nominate Nicole no matter what. Nicole has to go up. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I see Janelle maybe nominating Nicole. Um, yeah, I, I actually see both of them nominating Nicole. It's just um, nominating Cody with them. I don't see them nominating Cody. That's the thing. Yeah, so I, I, I think it's going to be Nicole and David. or Yeah, Nicole and David. Nicole's and David, I think. Yeah, they're going to do something completely stupid if they do one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh my god. It, it, yeah. There's, I don't. I think it's inevitable they're going to do something really dumb. I just, I, I don't. Has Janelle ever had an HOH that? <laughs> no, no hate against Janelle, but has Janelle ever had an HOH where you're like, damn, that was a really good move, Janelle? Like, I, I don't know. I didn't watch no. it. I haven't seen BB6 in forever, but every time I watch BB7, I always go through a lot of stages of what the hell are you doing, Janelle? Because well, she always whole, takes out her own teammates or her own line yeah, her, members. Her whole BB7 run was like trash, but I mean, six, her back was against the wall. So, like, every HOH move that she did was like justifiable. So, but other than that, yeah, she's never really had a good HOH. Yeah, yeah, season six, I, I'd say, was yeah. she, her best season. Season seven was just like, she got rid of Marcellus, you know, she essentially <laughs> got rid of the whole season six alliance. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, – I want to see that Janelle, though, uh, like, for TV reasons, like the entertainment reasons, but, I mean, I don't oh, yeah. think we're going to get it. I think she's leaving early this season, unfortunately, but, yeah. Yeah, she – I – my hope is that before this week ends – because I, I think that – I'm going to be honest. I think that Case or Janelle will win HOH next week. I think one of them will. Me too. Because I, I think most are going to throw it next week. So yeah. I think it's, I and see, they're going to be one, two of the only actually trying to win. I see. Uh, yeah, I see it being some type of, like, either luck. But I really – I don't know. For some reason, I, I really don't see anybody else winning except for Case and Janelle. Yeah, me too. That I, I, I already have it set in my head, like, one of them are going to win. The or question, David. Yeah, or David. I don't. I don't think so. I think David keeps telling people he's going for H O H. I don't think he's actually going to go for H O H next week. I think he's I just see him winning it by accident. If it's a luck one, I <laughs> see him winning it by accident, like some stupid. Oh, I if it's if it's one of those majority competitions where like the majority gets to like eliminate someone or something, like where like they have to, uh, you know, like one of those competitions where someone gets to answer right and they get to eliminate somebody. I could see mm-hmm. David accidentally winning one of those, maybe. Yeah. Just because no one views him as a threat. Alan <laughs> Chaser. For some reason, but yeah. Yeah, for some reason, Janelle and Case are seven getting rid of David, and that's the thing. I'm hoping something happens in these next two days that's enough to finally make Janelle and Case realize they have to go after an actual threat to their game. But uh, I just I think they're set on this David thing. 
the only I don't even see them like really waking up. The only thing I can potentially see is like maybe that big lion slips up and does something stupid. But other than that, I don't see them waking up anytime soon. Yeah, me neither. My hopes is that something happens and Nicole F just like accidentally tells her that like, Danielle doesn't right. like her. Yeah, like just <laughs> something like that that makes her realize, oh shit, maybe David's the least of our worries. Yeah, but yeah, I don't see anything happening. Or hopefully David just wins veto next week and that way they have to make a real move. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. But um, yeah, it sucks to say that Cody somehow may be like 100% safe next week, even though he should be like the person half the house yeah. wants to nominate. But oh, we'll see. Uh, did we talk about Nicole F? We haven't really talked about Nicole F, have we? Okay, no. What, what, what are your thoughts on her so far? I have a lot to say. Um, she's going home soon. Uh, I yeah. feel like uh, she, her reputation is already bad. Rat Cole, like, um, Devon, like in tonight's episode, Devon was even saying that uh, she trusts her to an extent. She sees right through her. Um, yeah, I see her going really soon. The only r- way I could see her staying is if um, her alliance just wins cons back to back. That's the only reason I see her staying. Other than that, I don't see her. Yeah, I think she's going soon. Yeah, at first I viewed Nicole as someone that I thought was going to go deep because it seemed like everyone liked her. And Mm -hmm. then everyone actually started talking to people they actually liked and actually trusted. And almost everyone was questioning whether they wanted to work with her. Enzo is a great example. He said, oh, yeah, I love Nicole. And then the moment Nicole and Cody weren't around, it was, who the, no, fuck Nicole. She's clearly, like, somebody I can't trust. Like, she's clearly good at the game. She's clearly a threat. And that's been everyone's. Davon. Davon was like, yeah, Nicole, I want to work with you. And then the people that she knew Davon, um, Nicole liked, she's like, yeah, I would, I'd love to work with Nicole. And the moment they weren't around, it was, no, I'm never letting Nicole get the chance to screw me over again. So it's very mm-hmm. clear that people don't want to actually trust Nicole, uh, despite what they're telling, you know, a certain small group of people that are obviously working with her. So it yep. seems like she could be in a lot of danger if the wrong person wins HOH. Like if Dave Bomber to win it too early, she doesn't have a lot of options because she's working with a lot of people. It could be really easy for her to throw Nicole on the block. I see like yeah. a backdoor situation with Davon, I don't think Davon. Do you think Davon like put her up in her face, or was she backdoor? I I I feel like with the way that everything is laid out, I think she would have to put her up right away, just because who else right could away. she put up with that she wouldn't piss off, right? True, true. Because at least with Nicole, yeah. she has a reason. Everyone yeah. else, she's talked to. Like she has like a good relationship with almost everyone in the game. Where like she could oh. put a yeah. No, uh, yeah, Ian Nicole. Yeah, I just thought about it. Ian and Nicole. Oh, oh, Nicole A. Yeah, no, I see Davon throwing up uh, Nicole F and Ian because she oh, talked yeah, about hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. I just thought about it. Yeah, those are the easiest nominations for her for sure because she has an excuse for both of them. A, they're both winners. Second, she's. I I don't know what it is with Davon, but since the first day of BB seventeen, she's used Ian as a 
example of someone she's viewed as a huge threat. Like, I remember she had that conversation with Steve when Steve was panicking because everyone was coming after him in the first week and he felt uncomfortable. And Dave Vaughn was like, your problem is that everyone's viewing you as an Ian. And Ian's a fucking great player that beat Dan. He's like God. <laughs> That's why everyone's scared of you. Stop looking like Ian. And, and since then, she's made it very clear that she views Ian as a really, really good player. So I, I, I don't know what it is. She just views Ian as a top-tier player of the game. So I think there's no way she doesn't eventually try to go after him. And yeah, and then Nicole, it's like she, um, Nicole's a snake. Yeah, it's just what she is to Davon <laughs> at this point. There's no yeah. reason for Davon to trust her. So, yep, definitely agree. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think I don't think I've ever. It's weird. Davon is the only person I've ever seen. I think respect Ian's gameplay this much. <laughs> uh, Danielle said Danielle did say that Ian was one of the best one most underrated winners she said that yeah. earlier so I mean I think he I actually agree too I think Ian's one of the best winners so they really need to watch out for him but I do see him leaving soon yeah a lot I, of people are on him I think Ian's an underrated winner I mean, we're gonna quickly talk about Ian's game my, my only thing with Ian is that if you say Ian's a good winner you I mean, if you say Ian's a good player, you have to say Steve's a good player because they literally played the same game. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like, Actually, yeah. No, go. No, go. What are you saying? I was I was thinking about it because I was like, because Dave Vaughn had said, like, Ian beat Dan, and that's what makes him one of the best players ever. And I was thinking about how Steve and them almost have an identical road to the finals where they played. Both of them were targeted yeah. in the first week. Both of them were saved somehow. Steve won the veto to take himself off the block. Mike gave um, – in that week of safety after that they both found themselves in a, a split house environment where they both put themselves in two different alliances right steve worked with jackie and them while also working with vanessa and them and then ian had the quack pack and then he had mike boogie and frank um both of them won hoh and a double eviction and screwed over the one side of the house steve did it to jackie mm -hmm. um ian did it to ashley they both got called out for it instantly, yet both ended up flying under the radar for another couple of weeks until they both ended up dominating the rest of the season by winning all the competitions almost. And then at the end, the only difference is that Steve pulled the trigger and evicted the player that would have beat him. And then Ian took the player that could have beat him but ended up beating him anyway. I actually like Steve. I think he deserved to win. Uh, that's a, <laughs> yeah. a controversial around the – like. When you talk to other players sometimes, that's like a controversial uh, topic. But, yeah, I think he deserved to win. Um, yeah, I agree. I think he was a really good player. I don't know. I don't know why everyone hates his game. <laughs> how do you think he would have done this house? Steve? Yeah. That's a tough one. I know. That's a tough one. But I, I wonder how he would do it. I think he would actually do really I, – I, I think the difference between Steve and Ian and why Steve would have done really good in this environment is because I think Steve would have pre-gamed. Yeah. That's the only difference. And, I think Steve would yeah. have been involved in all the pre-gaming stuff, especially since him yeah. and Dave Vaughn are still close friends. Friends, yeah, and he's rooting her on. I see. I follow him on Twitter. He's funny. Yeah, <laughs> Steve is funny. <laughs> I kind of wish Steve was on this. I, I don't know. I like Steve. I always like Steve. Steve was my winner pick preseason for season seventeen. Yeah, he, he's a good winner. He's a really underrated. The only reason people don't like him is because Evil Dick hates players that cry, and for some reason, everyone on Twitter will go with whatever Evil Dick says. So when he said, I hate Steve and I hate Vanessa, everyone was like, screw Steve and Vanessa. They cry too much or something stupid like that. <laughs> but yeah, Steve but yeah, is a good winner. Yeah, Steve, is a, he was a really good winner. I, I was going to do a whole YouTube video on why I thought his move to Vic Jackie was one of the smartest moves of the season and really underrated. 
but I think people uh, give me a lot of hate. <laughs> you should definitely see them do that because I'm really curious as to why you think that. I don't know. I I can't really think why. I don't know why he did it. Uh, I haven't have watched that season in a while, so I don't know why he really did it. But so, I know he did it to protect Becky, right? I mean, or protect. No. He didn't do it to protect. Okay, this is this is the biggest misconception of that move. People always view it as a move that was meant to protect Vanessa, because yeah, Vanessa. Vanessa was supposed to go home in that double eviction. People always view it as like he was trying to protect Vanessa. He was playing Vanessa's game. So here's what really happened. I'm gonna break it down. <laughs> going into that double eviction, Steve was wanted to throw the double eviction hoh. He accidentally won it. He tried to purposely pick the wrong answer he ended up being the only person to pick the right answer <laughs> so he accidentally won the hoa so we had to think of something to do last second now here's what people always forget about steve's position he was perfectly positioned in the middle he was working with everybody in the house at this point in time so if he were to get rid of vanessa all he would have done is turn austin liz and julia at the time three of who would end up being his closest allies in the game the next two weeks would have mm -hmm. went completely against him and would have put him at the top of the pecking order. And it also would have made uh, a big, it would have been a big mistake because him and Becky would be the two biggest threats in the game because they both made the two biggest moves. Right. So, mm -hmm. and then on the other side, he was working with John James and Meg, right. The only person in the house that he seemed to not trust was Becky. But if he went after Becky and this is why he didn't go after Becky, people always question, well, I get that he didn't have to go after Steve, but why didn't he go after Becky? Well, it's because John said if he went after Becky, then that was over, and John was going to go after him. So his only yeah. way to keep his alliance with John was to keep Becky safe. That's why he didn't nominate her. So the, here was the, the only other options were, well, okay, I don't want to go after Austin in the trio because if I go after one of them, then I have three people coming after me. If I go after Vanessa, I have three people coming after me, plus the entire other side of the house wanted Vanessa out anyway. So keeping Vanessa was a shield for him, right? So it made no sense to get rid of Vanessa. Why do their dirty work for them? So it came down to Jackie, Meg, and James. Well, James and Steve had a really, really good relationship. But some, some yeah. people forget they were really close in the game. Actually, the week before they were playing pranks on each other and and had and had grown to like a really, really good relationship. And then Meg, well, Meg is the pawn star at this point of the season. People <laughs> were, wanted to keep around just to throw her on the block. So and by default, Jackie ended up evicting. exactly by default. It has to be Jackie because Jackie, a people underrated her strategical game. She she was literally the entire reason Vanessa almost went home over Shelly. She was the one pushing for Vanessa to go the most. She was mm -hmm. also the reason that Shelly ended up going home because she was the one that switched the vote last second. So she was she had taking over the kingpin role when Jason got evicted. She kind of mm -hmm. took over the other side without anyone knowing. But the main reason why Steve had to get rid of Jackie was because if he didn't, Jackie could have taken that middle position that Steve was playing because everyone was blaming mm. Becky for targeting Vanessa. So if he, for some reason, let's say got rid of Becky instead, Vanessa's target would have went to, let's say, John instead, right? Because John was like second in command to Becky and Jackie yeah. was viewed as someone that could work with both sides of the house so she would have been protected for the next few weeks oh i see what he did that. that's smart it's really smart i never really thought about that i always thought he he was from what i remember i thought he was always going after uh i thought he was going to try like backdoor becky so that's why he did that because i know him and becky were like at odds but now looking back yeah i definitely see why he did that
right? Like, it, it's one of those moves that it, it's crazy to think about because he, he came up with the whole plan within 30 minutes because he did not want to win the HOH at all. He didn't even have an idea of what he was going to do with wow. the eviction. But it's a really mm-hmm. good move when you really break it down. And then it's an even better move when you realize what he did right afterwards. People are like, people always critiqued him for crying about having to evict Jackie, but people forget. Steve did exactly what Vanessa did all season. He used his emotions to manipulate the other side of the house. And another mm. reason why he got rid of Jackie was because Vanessa said Jackie was a threat to him and uh, right before the double eviction. So he mm-hmm. threw Vanessa under the bus and completely turned everyone against Vanessa, including even Austin and them, by saying she manipulated him and got he completely cleared himself of any blood during that double eviction. So that entire side of the house that should have been targeting Steve because he very clearly chose a side Mm-hmm. completely forgave him and viewed him as weak-minded and was being manipulated by Vanessa. Just wow. made them all want to get her out even more. It was crazy. I, I hope we get some of that in this season. I don't know. That's that's some next-level uh, type of thinking. That's really um, impressive. I didn't really thought about it like that, so that's really impressive. Now I see why he did it in hindsight. It, it's one of those moves that even I at first was kind of like, oh, that's kind of stupid. Why, why Jackie? <laughs> of all people, why Jackie? Yeah, well, once people. I thought about it, it was. It wasn't until he threw Vanessa under the bus with the crying that it click in my head what his whole plan was the whole time. And then he kind of explained it. He tried to explain it in the jury questioning when Jackie asked him, and that's when I was like, "Oh, this makes sense. I, I totally understand the move now." So yeah, the obvious, sick. the obvious person for him to go after was was Vanessa, right? Was right. which was everyone was thinking. So if he, had, I wonder if he had went after Vanessa, like how that season when it turned out. I think Austin maybe would have won. Maybe, or what do you think? I think it would have, okay. Ooh. So let's say, let's say Steve, let's say John uses that power of veto. Steve ultimately decides, all right, whatever, I'm picking that side. Throw Vanessa. Vanessa goes home. I honestly believe at that point, the most likely winner to come out of the season is okay, between th- three people. It's going to either be Becky, oh, yeah. James, or Austin. Yeah. It has to be okay. one of those three. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see that. It would have 100% had to be one of those three. And then I think Austin would have been the third on that option, though, just because I think at that point it would be everyone in the house versus him and the twins. Yeah. So he would have been at a disadvantage. But he was really, really – Austin's one of those really underrated players is really good socially is really savvy and really good at getting people to like him that people don't give him credit for. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, would you redo this whole all-stars cast if you were in charge? I, I feel like they should, I don't know. This cast is a little wonky in my opinion. Like I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's like a build a bear cast in terms of like yes, kind of this, the most unpredictable this, thing I've ever seen. This is like a, an alternative cast. If I had to say like, this is yeah. the plan B cast. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, if I could pick any 16 players to go in the house and play, I would I would probably have a completely different cast. You know, there's yeah. a couple people there that I probably would have included on my list too, like Keisha, Kev, not maybe not Kevin. Kevin would probably be all on my cast, but Enzo. Enzo and Keisha would probably be the only two, if I'm being really honest. I think everyone else would have been replaced. And this by cast else. that you would keep? Yeah, probably. I oh, love okay. it. It's a good cast. I love it. But there's yeah. just so many. If I had any option of any player ever, like they're, I mean, come on, I'd have to pick like Danielle Reyes, Will Kirby, you know, 
uh, Derek, Dan, Vanessa. Like, I just have to bring back all the big players that we, we don't get to see defend their crown, you know? I would just Honestly, have Derek not participating on this season kind of puts him down as one of the best players. Like, he's not one – honestly, like, that kind of tarnished – like, I understand why he didn't do it. I mean, he said something about his daughter and the same. But, I mean, him not competing, like, it doesn't help prove that he's one of the best players. Yeah, Derek's saying no to the season and still pre-gaming yeah. so hard for Cody. It just made yeah, it maybe really dislike him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, it pissed me off. It actually, like, I've always been someone that's defended Derek's game plan. And I always said Derek's a really, really – and he is. And I've always mm-hmm. had him as my fourth greatest player of all time. And I've always felt like, oh, maybe I should have put him three over Danielle. But no, no, I'm 100% sticking with four now. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, the pregame I mean, Will came back. Look... Yeah. Yeah, I was saying, like, Will came back. Uh, Dan came back. Yeah, like, there's no reason for you not to come back. Yeah, I mean, I get why he didn't. Like, his, his daughter didn't want him to leave again for so long. And then, obviously – it's kind of the worst time to have an all-star season with the pandemic. I, people, th- I don't know. People are saying it's the best time. I think it's the worst time just because so many people are in such a weird situation where they, they mm-hmm. don't know what to do. Like there's so many people that just couldn't say yes just because they don't know what's going to happen, you know, in the next couple of months, just with literally the rules of their country. So yeah, it's yeah. just a complicated time. It makes sense why Derek had to say no ultimately at the end of the day. It's just, I'm not going to hold him not playing an all-star against him mm-hmm. because I mean, I'm not going to hold him against Dan for saying no, so. Yeah. But the pre-gaming thing is just weird. To <laughs> the, the, I am going to yeah. hold the pre-gaming thing against both of them because why are you pre-gaming on a season you're not even on? I don't understand. I really hope it doesn't ruin the season because this season does have potential to be actually one of the best, but, yeah, I hope it doesn't really affect the outcome to too high of a degree. I know. I had to, at first when I heard this whole pre-gaming thing, I thought it was like a little pre-gaming, like all the obvious stuff, like oh, like you know, you're on, yeah, yeah, like Davon and Nicole and Cody and stuff, like the obvious stuff, like the people that knew each other. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know Derek and Dan created a whole like fucking pre-season alliance. alliance. <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. what? That's yeah. just too much to me. I, I think there's literally no way that it doesn't have an effect on the end, like the the way the game ends just because I, I don't think that the it's just because well, basically the game has been being played for two weeks already like there's just relationships that are like almost unbreakable because they formed so far like so long ago oh uh, let me ask you this do you think the majority alliance is going to break up soon if oh, so yeah. when okay First things first, I think I need to make this clear because everyone keeps talking about a majority alliance. There technically isn't a majority alliance right now. There's nothing solidified. Right now, the only thing that's a majority alliance is just the fact that one player is working with this player that's working with that player that's working with that player. So people just kind of, you know, by association kind of thing that's happening. I, I don't think that there's going to be a majority alliance that, that at all, really. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen because – everyone seems to have a different thing they want to do, right? I think that, um, like, because, like, the idea is the majority alliance is Enzo, Cody, Memphis, Tyler, Danielle, Nicole, um, Enzo, and, like, Bailey, right? Like, that's, like, the idea. But Mm -hmm. all of them have a different idea of what they want to do. And all of them are questioning each other. Like, Enzo doesn't trust Nicole. Nicole doesn't trust, you know, um... 
I don't know who she's trusting that list actually, but but Davon doesn't trust you know Nicole. Bailey doesn't trust Nicole. I don't think um, Danielle doesn't trust Davon, and you know all, like there's and Enzo wants to work with Bailey and Davon, but doesn't want to work with Nicole necessarily. Um, Danielle wants to work with Tyler. <laughs> doesn't want to work with this person. You know what I mean? Like, like the, that yeah. eight will never actually work together. Like, they will never function like a, an alliance would. That's where uh, Nicole A and Ian and all those outsiders, like Kevin, need to start uh, trying to break that up. But, I mean, they're so oblivious. I feel like if Kaser <laughs> yeah. K- has a real conversation with those other players, then something really could happen this season. Something good can happen this season. If yeah. he gets all his facts straight before he in, has an actual conversation with them. Yeah, for sure. Ian and Kevin and Nicole A just need to wake up. Maybe not Ian as much. Yeah, Ian. Ian does too. The problem I'm with so all, lost. The problem with no. all three of them is, yeah. No, continue. What were you saying? I was going to say, the problem with all three of their games so far is simply just the fact that they're so oblivious to what's happening outside of what they're doing. That they don't realize that there's a whole game going on. It's just like, yeah. like, like Ian doesn't realize all these relationships that are being built and all these alliances because he's he's only looking at the conversations he's having. He's not being very you know aware of his surroundings, and that's the same thing that's happening with Kevin. That's the same thing that's happening with Nicole A. Is that they all kind of don't realize that uh, this game is being played at a quite the hyper speed the last couple of days, and they're starting to fall behind because of it. You know, yeah. that's why Kevin was so surprised when he got nominated. Kevin blamed <laughs> Janelle for some reason. I don't know what that is, but he's that lost that he doesn't even realize that Janelle very clearly had no fucking ounce of an idea of him being nominated, let alone being the reason he was nominated. I, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Um, I don't know what it is. It's almost like Kevin's a completely changed the way he played the game after one day. He went yeah. from being the best social player in the house to being the worst strategical player I've ever seen because he believes everything Cody says to him and doesn't believe anything I, Janelle says. I don't understand. Like and again, guy. Kevin, um, he's never been nominated off the rip. Like, I guess this really was really shocking to him. Like, he's never been in, like, such a vulnerable position in the, from, like, the start. I mean, he wasn't nominated in his season until, like, almost the end so like yeah he's this is probably really like a new experience for him yeah so maybe that's why he's acting out as much like not really into it i don't know i I, yeah but even in his original season he was such an adaptable player that he was he was the way that he played the game is he was always able to adapt to whatever uh shift happened in the house like when jesse got backdoored or when um like let's say you know, if someone else went HOH, you know, someone he didn't know, um, or this happened or that happened, like Kevin always had like a way to shift his game and get on the right person's good side. This season, he, it was almost like he couldn't believe that his conversation with Cody didn't work. And he actually did end up on the blog and he just couldn't, he couldn't believe <laughs> that his magic didn't work on somebody. And so, yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't think I, I love Kevin. He's an incredible player. He was incredible in season 11. We're seeing how all-star players react when they're not the best in the house, I guess. So like, this is what happens when you go from the top to the bottom, but yeah, Kevin needs to try to find a way to adapt if he's, cause he seems out of it. 
I still have hope for him. I still think he can really turn around. Um, he just has to. He has to get a grip on what's happening, and put himself out there more to and be open to really creating a uh, a good alliance that will get him further, not just people you like. For 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 instance. Yeah, for sure. I I think that a lot of the players that are on like the bottom uh, quotations, you know, like um, I'm like, people, you know, that aren't in the inner circle quotations, mm-hmm. um, need to do is start focusing on trying to solidify a group, because uh, the benefit that they get from the top players not solidifying anything yet and still questioning on what they want to do to solidify an alliance and who they want to put in there is that they still have a lot of options and a lot of people they can go up to and convince to be on their side. They need to take advantage of that while they still have that option because they'll lose that option soon. Eventually that group of majority players that are in the inner circle will eventually be made if Kevin or Ian or Case or someone doesn't strike and try to make that group now. I think that people are being a little too hesitant on the whole, I don't want to play too hard, too fast thing. Someone has to solidify something before it's too late. Yeah. But I I see the hesitance at the same time. But, I mean, yeah, they need to step it up. Keisha definitely needs to decide. Do you think there's anything Keisha really can do to flip these votes? No, she's a dead dead fish. I mean, she, unfortunately, she's a victim of, yeah, pregame, so. There's yeah, nothing she can really do. It sucks. It really sucks. Yeah, pre-gaming, I don't know what pre-gaming did. Keisha was so out of the pre-gaming loop that she didn't even know who Kaser was, apparently, going yeah. to the house. Yeah, she was like, um, and who are you again? And she's like, I guess she's playing with, like, new people. I guess she feels like she's playing with, like, new people or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaser was telling that story in the parking lot that he walked up to Keisha, asked if she was <laughs> a fan of the show. They didn't even know yeah. each other. That's how out of the loop these two are both in terms of the pre-gaming is they didn't even know the other one was going to be on the show. They know so little about each other. They didn't even know the other one was playing that ever played the game before. Like, That's so surprising. I know. Especially I like, from her. It, I think it's so surprising from both of them. I thought they were yeah, both, both of fans of the show, especially Kaser because he was meant he, – he watched last season. He must have been one of those All-Stars thing then because apparently he didn't watch season 10. <laughs> yeah. Um and also, Keisha, I heard she was an alternate, uh, an alternate, so she probably wasn't thinking she was going to get on anyway. Yeah, that's another story. Yeah, according to Janelle, the alternates were Memphis and Keisha for yeah. Josh and Casey, which is probably the case because one second it was this, Josh and uh, Casey. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Uh, do you how would you have liked to see Josh and Casey on this season? Well, there's two ways that I look at it. Okay, I'll say there's, there's three ways that I look at it. One way is I think that it would have been really, really interesting to see Josh and Casey on the season just for the whole challenge dynamic, you know, mm-hmm. seeing how everything – like, it would have been cool going into the house seeing, like, how Bailey had to adapt to two players in the house that she had past drama with from the challenge and seeing – two players from like three four players from the challenge actually see like there's a challenge alliance that comes out of it or if there's a rivalry that comes out of it or if they target each other or like how they tackle the game and how the challenge affects all their gameplay and how it affects you know the uh, allegiances in the house and stuff I think that could have been really interesting it could have been like a a nice little plot line Mm -hmm. Um, another way I look at it is fuck no 
because I never <laughs> want to see Josh. Like, um, Josh and Casey are like two um, of the players on uh, every All Star that's been rumored for this season. They're probably the two on the bottom of the list that I could have cared to see this season. No hate against either. I don't hate either one of them or anything. It's just there's uh, so many other players I could have went with this season to watch play again. Um, not a fan of both of them, but I would I, I would like to see Josh for entertainment reasons. Entertainment reasons. I, I definitely see him bumping heads with like Janelle, oh. uh, everyone specifically, but Janelle. Like I definitely see them uh, bumping heads. I would like to see Rachel this season, honestly. Um, there's a lot of people they, sh- I mean, yeah, just due to COVID and like life, people are not on there, but there's a yeah. lot of people I would I'd love to see on here. Yeah, we probably would have seen Jessica, Rachel, yeah. and Vanessa this season, but two of them that were pregnant, and the other one just had, uh, had what, three, yeah. um, triplets? Was it triplets? Wait, Vanessa or? Vanessa and her wife, they had triplets. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, you're not gonna leave your kids, honestly. So yeah, I understand. Right. But I mean, it would I would just just had them, so I would have loved to see Vanessa play again. I would have oh yeah, I mean that would have been amazing. I'm pr- I, I mean I hear that she was supposed to be on season eighteen, said no to that. Um we know that there were supposed to be four vets on season twenty. Vanessa was supposedly supposed to be one of them and she also said no to that, but then that whole twist ended up getting dropped because it got leaked early. Which is what I thought was going to happen to All-Stars. Mm-hmm. Paul, Vanessa, Tyler, Derek, um, Rachel, Jessica. That right there is already um, insane. I don't know who would win, honestly, with all that uh, good gameplay. I know. It would have been insane. I, I think out of everyone that, like, was rumored, I think, that that ultimately didn't go on aside from Derek and Dan. I, I'm probably the most disappointed with Paul not being on just because I, I, I feel yeah. like it would have been really interesting to see him play for a third time in this all-star dynamic with him being probably one of the fresher with him obviously being one of the fresher faces of being a dominating player. It would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Plus like his dynamics with like Nicole, Davon, and uh, Christmas and all yeah. those other players. It would have just been interesting to see how it went on. I would have liked to see how him and uh, Tyler would have reacted. I, w- I wonder if they would work. T- I, th- I feel like they would work together, but I would also like to see who would be, like, the, the better, better strategist. Yeah, the two. Because yeah. those are probably the two of the best modern-day players. They're, like, up there. So I definitely yeah. would love to see that. Uh, yeah. It would have been super interesting. I, I think that in the, in the of the modern-day players, I have Paul at three, Tyler at four. Derek one, Vanessa two, but um, yeah, it would have been extremely interesting to see both of them play and how they tackled it. I just think it would have been really interesting to see another bigger, bigger name player thrown into the mix and just see like the reaction of everyone and how they all played. Yeah, we need all stars three. We do need all stars three. (laughs) They should have had twenty. I feel like they should have had twenty. It would have made more sense. Twenty for twenty years. Yeah, twenty second season, all stars two. It, It just would have been great. Just get some bunk beds and call it a day. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on, man. They don't got to be that bougie. A couple, bunk, yeah. a couple bunk beds, a couple tents. I mean, come on. You had people <laughs> living in a camp last season. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it would have been really I – th- I just think it would have been really interesting. I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and be like, Paul, these guys want to see Paul again. But, I mean, come on. Paul is an all-star worthy player no matter how I want to yeah. track it. He's, I'm not a big fan of him, but, yeah, he. I yeah. would have liked to see him play again. 
Yeah, he was he, he was hard to watch on season 19 because he was kind of an asshole, but he's incredible, that big brother. I don't know what it is. I, I like how I said about Kaser. Kaser's one of those people that I, I just don't think big brothers are the game, a game for him. Like, it's not a game he can do good in for some reason. Maybe Survivor. Was, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe Survivor. Who knows? Like, maybe he'll be better maybe. Survivor. <laughs> but Paul is the opposite. Paul's one of those people, I don't know what it is. He's just naturally meant for Big Brother. He never watched yeah. the goddamn season of Big Brother before he first played, and he was great then, and he was great again the next fucking season. I don't know what it is. Paul is just Big Brother's for in his blood for some reason. He's good at adapting. Is. Yeah, he's just, he's one of those really good players. He is, he is, he is. I mean, it would be nice to see if Kaser can break his pre-jury curse this season uh and for some reason i do see him doing it just for like i feel like maybe production might in, intervene just so he can <laughs> have like that full circle moment like oh i made jury you know yeah i don't i don't know i think production is um they do play a hand they, well they definitely play a hand i mean I, there's there's so much to prove it i, I just think that the, with how much heat CBS has been under just in general <laughs> and Big Brother was under last season after all their controversy. I think they're just so they're just trying to have a good season this year. I, I think the moment they fuck up like like they already fucked up with the first competition, everyone calling them out for uh bias for the men. Uh yeah. the men's maze over the females maze. I'm I'm sure they're gonna be very hesitant on the things they decide to do this year. They yeah, seem to be under a microscope, so I think they're a little worried there. <laughs> I doubt they inter- intervene. Maybe for Casers, because I don't think anyone in the world would, would even be upset about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody would, yeah. <laughs> I think production could actually go into into the HOH competition and throw everybody off of their pedestal and give Caser the win, and people would be like, yeah, no, it's not right. Caser's just great at the game. And I'd probably be one of those people, too. So. Yeah, me too. I'd be like, no, it's not rigged. That's just Caser. It's too good. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 really crazy. This like I don't know about you, but it's crazy seeing like Jindel and Kaser and like these people on live feeds. It's like wow, they played so long ago. It's really crazy. Honestly, in comparison to every like I put out a whole cast like like a really shitty cast. I was like, this is exactly what CBS is going to give us. It's going to be garbage, right? <laughs> and <laughs> I, I just expected a bunch of news. New school players, not even likable new school players, like new school players that nobody wanted to see again. Christmas, um, yeah, Christmas is actually on my list of people I thought would come back. <laughs> Everyone called me crazy. They're like, no way they're bringing Christmas back. Well, look who's back in the house right now. That's crazy. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I actually did get a couple right. I got, I think I got Christmas, Dave Vaughn, Nicole Ray. Actually, I don't even know. I, mean, I don't think Dave Vaughn was on my list. I think, but um, yeah. I got Christmas and Nicole Ray. I knew they were going to come back. But, um, and Cody. I don't know how I figured that one out, but. No, I, I think that they did a really good job with this cast. I think that it's really a, a diverse cast, um, age-wise, mm-hmm. uh, maturity-wise, ability-wise, skill-wise. Um, they did the uh, best with what they were given. Yeah, they, they did. Because you got to like take into consideration, sure, we, w- we could have had, like, sure, could there have been a way better All-Stars cast? Yeah, that t- but what does that take? People actually yeah. saying yes to it and actually doing it. You got to yeah. consider the fact that half the people they wanted said no. I mean, I, we can go into the amount of people that publicly posted that they were going to be on the season, but said no. Daniel Reyes was asked. 
Tall was asked. Derek, Dan. Those are four incredible players that we could have loved to have on the season. Sure. They all said yes. no. CBS can't force them to go on. So like, I know. With, yeah. No, no, I was saying I know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like but, but with the hand they were giving, the fact that we ended up with Keisha, Memphis, Kevin, Janelle, Kaser, mm-hmm. like, those are kind of, to me, out of left field. I never expected them to go – you know, that and, back. And, yeah, go that back and reach for like Caser. You know, I didn't think they would actually ask Danielle or Janelle again. Like, I didn't, I didn't think they would bring back, you know, Keisha, Memphis, Enzo, Kevin. I mean, these are players that people have been asking for for a decade, and they yeah, actually they, gave us them. I thought they forgot about like seasons eight through thirteen. Like, I thought they forgot about everybody from those seasons. So yeah, it was surprising. Me too. <laughs> Even Danielle, I, I, I was kind of like. Just the fact that, like, she's already had her chance, though, but I feel like it was really surprising to see her back. I didn't expect it. I don't know if you did, but I really didn't expect that. I didn't either. Even when, like, the whole spoiler cast thing was going on, I, I did a podcast with Trenton, and I said, oh, yeah, half of the half of this cast is going to be wrong, and Danielle's one of the people I thought was definitely going to end up being wrong. I was wrong, and somehow the spoiler cast was completely correct. I don't know how the fuck. I don't know who I don't know how who leaked Evil Dick the entire All Stars cast, but he knows every season. Oh my god! I don't god. know how. I don't. I don't understand. After season twenty, when him and everyone else in the world was wrong about the four returnees, I just didn't trust him anymore. Somehow, mm-hmm. so I thought this whole All Stars thing was just BS, and somehow he had the whole cast right. I don't know how. But I um, thought C- CBS was like discommunicated from him or something. But I mean, apparently he knows everything. That's what I'm saying, uh, but yeah. But um, it's crazy. Like, this All-Stars 2 cast, it, if you would have asked me, what do I want for an All-Stars 2 cast, the craziest part about this, like, if you would have asked me a year ago or something, I would have I would have put almost everyone that's on this cast on that list. I remember I had a list back in the day that had Memphis, Kevin, Enzo, really? Keisha. Yeah, I, I never thought they would actually bring any of those players back onto the show. But my dream cast was like, oh, I'd love to see Memphis. He played an incredible game, but he got, you know, that he just wasn't as good as Dan. You know, like, I would love to see these kind of players come back that play great games. I think deserve another chance, another opportunity. But CBS will never bring these people back. And guess what? Somehow they did. Yeah. Even if it was I'm last second, though. you know. Yeah. And they were actually listening to fans. You know, fans were begging for Keisha to come back. And, yes, Casey would have been on the season instead if she didn't test positive for COVID. But um, I was surprised at Amber. She was an alternative. I would like to see her play again, honestly, too. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Amber play again. My only thing is I would rather see her on a redemption season than an all-star season. True. Same thing with David. David, yeah. But – we ended up getting David. I don't know how we ended up getting David. Oh, yeah, we got David because Paul dropped. That's what it was, yeah. Paul dropped and I, David. I feel like they needed diversity. Like, we had, like, no black. Well, is Kevin black? I don't know if Kevin. Yeah, is. Kevin's black, isn't he? Okay. I, I heard he's, like, Asian in something. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, I didn't, they didn't have that much diversity. So, I feel like that's where David kind of comes in. Yeah, that's true. But, I, but, but David and Memphis were last-second alternatives, though. Yeah. They were they but, I, them and Keisha. Yeah, who was Keisha in for? Who was she Keisha's replacing? in for Casey. Casey? And Memphis was for Josh. Yeah, Memphis was for Josh. David was for Paul. Um, well, actually, David might have been for Josh because I think Paul dro- dropped after Josh tested positive. And Memphis was for Paul. But either way, it was like 
Memphis and uh, Keisha apparently got the call last second. Okay, that makes sense. So they were the last two alternatives, and then David. I don't know when David got the call. I know Brittany declined. Um, Brittany, wait, Brittany declined? That's crazy. Yeah, Janelle. Oh, yeah, Janelle's, like, telling, like, everything. Have you seen yeah. her on the <laughs> – Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. like – I, like, every time she's on fees, I go to, like, watch her because she's, like, telling everything. But, yeah, um, yeah, Brittany was supposed to – she declined. They asked her. Paul um, declined. Um, well, he dropped last second. Dan and Derek obviously declined. We know that. Danielle yeah. Reyes declined. We know that. Um, was she really going to be on? Like, was she like in sequestering? I don't know. Like, are they just asked answer- her? Okay, they asked her. I think that like at first she was hesitant on whether she was gonna, like. It was like with Dan and Derek when they were first asked, they were really hesitant on whether they were going to say. So that's why they mm-hmm. were on the leaked cast. I think Danielle was really hesitant, but ended up saying no. She said it was because of the economy or something. Oh, okay. Because of the whole COVID thing, so she ended up saying no. But yeah, she was asked, and she was like, like there was a really good chance she was going to be on the season, but she ended up saying no at the end of the day. I think Mike was okay. I think Mike was asked. I know a lot of people are like, "That's crazy to think that Boogie was asked." I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, because he because he was one of the first people to to talk about the All Stars thing, right? Because he he had that cameo where he was like, "Dun dun dun." <laughs> You're going to see a lot of familiar faces this season, but not mine, though. <laughs> Those fuckers can't afford me or something like that, you said. So he, oh, I have a question. Um, What's happened between uh, Mike and Will? Like, are they not friends? Like, I heard something oh, about you don't know what order. No, I, I wasn't, like, I don't know what happened. Okay, so you know the BB Tire season with, like, Janelle, Alyssa, and all of them? Mm-hmm. So, basically, the whole cast was supposed to be Big Brother. And what happened was Mike and Will were asked. Oh. And I guess Mike, like, forged, like, Will's signature or something to go on Amazing Race. What? And Will said no. Will was like, he what? didn't want any part of it, right? Because he's done reality TV. He only does the jury roundtable stuff. And to be, I want to note this because no one's mentioned this, but literally since season seven ended and Mike won, CBS has asked Will to be on multiple shows with Mike. And Will has only said no. Mike's only said yes. They asked him to be on Amazing Race after season seven. Mike said yes. Will said no. Literally on a radio interview, he just said, I'm not doing it. He just said he wouldn't do it. <laughs> and then in season 13, when the duos were brought back, before the duos were brought back, one of the duos that was asked is Mike and Will. Will said no. Mike said yes. Oh. They were also asked to do a Legends versus All-Star season that they wanted to do, where they were going to bring back a bunch of legendary players like Will, Mike, Danielle, and them to go against all-star players like Dan and other players at the time right Will mm-hmm. said no so they didn't want to do it anymore the next season with the coaches they asked Will Mike was the alternative to Will Will obviously said no that's why Mike was on coaches they tried to do the legend scenes again that season they didn't do it because Will said no they there's so many seasons we could have had we could have had all-stars too basically like three times but they didn't do it because Will said no that's well Will, Will's such a good player I, I he's know. one of my favorite players too like he's worth it Honestly, if he did he's not part of it, yeah, cancel it. Honestly. Yeah, I know you can't do a Legends versus All Star season without Will. You just can't do it. Like it doesn't make like he's the legend of Big Brother. Like, you just can't do it. But essentially, the story is this: those are just a few. I just wanted to mention those. Those are just a few examples of the many times Will said no and Mike couldn't do a CBS show because Will said no. 
So there was a couple other times they were asked for the Amazing Race. Same story. Mike said yes. Will said no. Will just doesn't want to do it anymore, right? He has like a real professional career that's really successful. Mike, on yeah, the other he, hand, is like fucking millions of dollars in debt. Um, I see why he would want to. But. Right, exactly. <laughs> so anyways, they were asked to do it again. Apparently, Mike forged his signature. Will ended up saying like, no, I'm not doing it. So Will like harassed no, Mike harassed Will for like weeks, threatening him. Like, I'm going to like, you better do amazing race. You screwed me out of all this money. He had like, there was a photo he, he emailed Will of like a gun pointed at like a picture of Will's family. And then like, he was talking what? about like picking Will's kids up from school and like bringing them on a ride or something. And like, he's basically threatening to kill Will and his family. Right. And apparently what? he was doing the same thing to Ian. So they both filed a restraining order against him. Dang, I did not know this. This is crazy. And apparently Mike is in jail right now. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about him on fees. They're saying he's like <laughs> well Janelle was talking shit about him. So it was just dang, yeah. that's sad. It is sad. It's really sad because I was like when I first heard about this all search thing, I was like, Whoa, Mike Boogie Will, yeah, and then all this shit happened. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. There's a reason why Will hasn't spoken on it because it's an actual like I, don't know. I believe Mike, it though. I, yeah, Mike is like a literal threat to Will's life because yeah, that's kind of it's kind of crazy. But basically, Mike Will said Will said no to Amazing Race, and Mike didn't like that. Mm, that's crazy. I know it's it's insane. I never imagined that something like this would be a thing, but yeah, that was just some of the crazy preseason drama that everyone was going on about. But this was uh, preseason for. This season, this is just like just happened. Okay, no, all that stuff happened last year, like because Guitar, of the amazing uh, race. Yeah. Okay. Right, because like you know how there was only three Big Brother teams. Well, apparently that season was supposed to be all Big Brother teams only, but like a bunch of teams said no, and then since a bunch of people said no, like a bunch of teams got dropped last second or something. Like hey, God, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then they just changed the theme, right? But yeah, it was supposed to be a bunch of Big Brother teams. And then Mike and Will were one of those teams, but yeah, there's mm. a lot that goes into it. Apparently, he was threatening like Will and Ian's family and stuff. It's really fucked up. Mm, that's crazy. I know it's insane. And man, holy shit! Yeah. Oh, but talking about that, talking about feed stuff that was talked about. What are your thoughts on like Ian revealing how like fucking? scarring season 14 was for him like holy i believe it i mean that whole yeah, cast is just crazy even janelle was like that cast was uh like a crazy like danielle like even have you looked at her like social media and stuff like danielle murphy yeah i'm not like gonna she's lie. crazy like what the fuck yeah the season 14 is crazy <laughs> There's not a single person that has come out and talked about season 14 from season 14 that has anything mm -hmm. positive to say about season 14. Everyone has said shitty things about season 14. Uh, it was It's apparently like the worst experience anyone's ever went through. <laughs> like, it, uh, and Ian's not wrong. Like, if you watch yeah. the feeds of 14, they were horrible to Ian, especially the first week. Ooh. That season's just odd in general, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about season 14. I just remember, like, everyone coming out when, like, Frank came back for season 18. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Frank seems like such a good guy, but on the feeds, he was actually an asshole that harassed and bullied everyone. 
I like Frank actually too. That sucks. It was like I know I love Frank, going? and then I heard that, and yeah. Fuck, dude, I love Frank. Would on you s- fourteen? Would you like to see him on All Stars with this season or? No, he ruined that with season eighteen. There was no. Way. Yeah, he had his chance with eighteen. Yeah, he really ruined that. Season eighteen, he he. First of all, he proved that he could in no way, shape, or form play a legitimate, stable, strategical game because it falls apart every week. It just <laughs> got worse and worse. It did. And then B, he sexually harassed a bunch of people because he was comfortable with it and he couldn't believe anyone else would be uncomfortable with it. So I don't know. I don't think Frank's allowed to be around other people anymore. I don't think he's allowed, should be allowed around strangers. Is it true he's related to uh, Grogman? Who? Grogner, Allison Grogner, like the exec, the one with the curly hair. Oh, I doubt it. I think that was just a meme. Okay, I I heard he was actually like that's like her nephew or something. But yeah, probably not true. So I think people were just saying that because um everyone kept saying season eighteen was rigged because he was supposed to go home every week, but like someone from his team (laughs) kept winning HOH, so he was safe. Literally, Polly's the reason why he didn't go home. Yeah, Polly was. It's funny because then Polly was also like part of the reason why Frank ended up going home, which was the reason Polly's game fell apart. Mm hmm. Oh, man. Season 18 is complicated. Uh, yeah, season 18 was, I don't know, it was, it had a good first half, and then after that, it went kind of downhill for me. Yeah, I agree. It was like everyone hated Frank and stuff, but. I'm not going to lie. Frank did add an element of the game that was interesting because here's the problem mm-hmm. with, all, with all the newer school seasons, I'd say, is that almost every season has this element of, like, one half of the house versus the other half of the house or, like, this huge, large majority versus this really small minority. Well, when that really small minority is out of the game, the rest of the game just becomes kind of predictable and boring. Boring, already yeah. Know the kingpin is. And that's what happened with season 18. It was like, yeah, Frank, everyone hates Frank and everyone wants to get rid of Frank, but Frank is the only person that adds that other element of, like, oh, there is an opposite side of the house. There is somebody who has, like, not – who's willing to, you know, you know, make it you – know, go into an argument with somebody and is willing to, like, defend themselves and try to play the game. That was the one positive element of Frank is that he's not just going to sit down and do whatever Paulie wants because Paulie had the majority of the time, right? And then, like, Davon left right after him, the only other player with a backbone, essentially. And then yeah, kind of went downhill after that, in my opinion. It sucks because, like, I feel like everybody's figuring out, like, the key to kind of winning Big Brother. Like, everybody knows you have to be in the majority alliance. I feel like in order to kind of spice something up, I feel like they should come up with some type of twist that would kind of make it more difficult for a majority alliance to form. But I don't know how you can really do that. But I feel like in order to keep everybody on their toes and really, like, add a different element to the game. Because, like, I can't remember a season that – like, from the newer seasons, like, if you look back, every season has a majority line. It's, like, I think 17, 17 or well, I don't know. I can't remember the last season that, like, didn't really have a big majority line. I think 15, probably, when I think about it. 15 would be the only one just because 15 had a bunch of mini alliances, like Amanda McRae and then, like, Helen, Alyssa, Candace, and then, like um, – Howard and Spencer, and then like True. Aaron, Jeremy, and Caitlin. Like they had like all these different mini fractions. There wasn't like a huge giant alliance to like 
the biggest alliance was essentially the exterminators which was only created a week before like the end of it was like basically almost six yeah. yeah i hate when people say exterminator is one of the greatest alliances ever it's really not that hard to oh, there's only two people in the game uh, them, only them, <laughs> only them, but still, <laughs> only them, they're the only ones that say it, but still, even the fact that they're delusional enough to say that, that an alliance that was created at the final six is one of the greatest alliances ever because they got to the end. What the, What is your uh, all-time alliance, uh, like, of all time? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, like, big alliance. I don't want to say, like, duos, because I'm saying, like, three or more. All right, all right. Brigade. <laughs> there's, I don't oh, think there's yeah. another answer. Yeah, I don't think there's another. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen like a really good, successful, or well, level six. But I mean, yeah, level six was good. But level six's biggest problem was that like the difference between level six and brigade is with brigade you can break it down to the point where you can make an argument for every individual player being like a great player. And I don't mm-hmm. think you can do that with level six. Like there's players yeah. in level six, obviously like Rachel and Winston, that obviously are not good at the game. Yeah, true. I think Quack Pack would be the only other one, but even that one was like was yeah, created later up. down the line. And yeah, they were constantly going against each other, even though they like, but they were just constantly against each other. Like they were constantly yeah. strategizing against each other, trying to get each other out. I, I don't think any team, any alliance has worked together as a collective unit in the way that Brigade has done. Like they just didn't work in like a unstoppable fashion. But it's also questionable because technically it's more of a three-person alliance than a four-person alliance. So, let me ask you this: Okay, for this this season specifically, All Stars two, what do you think is the key to win for any player? Like this could be any player. What do you think the key to win into this specific season? Seeing I, all the players and everything. I think that the key to win this season is going to be. It's going to be who can play the middle the smartest. It, mm-hmm. It's whoever is going to be willing to allow two sides of the house to be created without picking a side and without making themselves a threat right off the bat and just playing the middle very smartly, very strategically, and building a resume of their to their game towards the end that allows them to get the votes. But they... they uh, they don't make the mistake of choosing a side and screwing it over or like turning people against you in the jury or something like that. I, I think that you have to be very, very precise on how you play. It is going to come down to like who's playing chess and who's playing checkers. Um, with the only tricky part of playing in the middle is voting. Like how, I wonder how, like how can you get around that? Cause I feel like that's the biggest curve with playing in the middle. That, yeah, that's true. And, and the thing is with playing, yeah, because that's the hard part of playing tough. the middle is yeah. deciding if you want to make it easy and just vote with the majority and always be in the majority vote. That way you're not putting a little spotlight on you. Or do you want to vote with the minority that way that you can play the middle longer? It's, it is tricky. It is like a really hard thing to figure out. That's why I think it's going to come down to who can precisely make the right decisions. It's going to be a who can, yeah, honestly, who can flip back and forth to the right alliance at the right time. Yeah, it, it, it's ex- exactly. That's why That's why when I when I think about who has a chance of winning, there's really only four names that come to mind right now that I think are at the top of the pack. It's like Bailey, Devon, Enzo, and uh, Memphis, just because I think they're the only four that have that 
that have already created a spot where they're kind of already in that middle position and they could easily continue being in it. That would be a perfect alliance right there. That, that would, would be really an incredible this, alliance. Devon, uh, Bailey, Memphis, and Enzo. That would already make at least final six. Yeah, that 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 alliance would dominate so hard. That's how I know it's never gonna happen though, because I don't think I know it sucks. <laughs> it would never happen, but it I mean you well Enzo has said he does want to work with Bailey. Yeah. I mean uh Memphis has said he wants to work with Bailey. Did um, he? Yeah, he did. He said he likes Bailey. He didn't say nice. that much about Davon. Uh uh I know yeah, Enzo wants to work with Bailey and Day. Yeah. I don't know how Day feels about Memphis and I don't know how Bailey feels about Memphis. Yeah, I don't know how Bane they feel about Enzo or Memphis, really. Yeah. And I don't know how Enzo feels about Memphis either. Yeah, but I so. feel like that uh, maybe, okay, maybe they might happen. Maybe it might happen, like, later down the line, like the exterminators type. It probably will eventually happen, because I, I, I think that it is important that we do acknowledge that these people are on ulcers for a reason. They are mm-hmm. smart enough to eventually figure out that that alliance is the right move, but just when will they figure it out? Yeah, I don't know when. Timing, timing. Yeah, everything is about timing. I'm I'm shocked that, like I said, that there hasn't been anything really solidified this early that isn't a Tyler final two. Normally, there's a lot more going on, like mm-hmm. Cody and like like we go back to the Hitman. Hitman was made on day two. We go back to the Brigade. The brigade was made day one or two. Like normally, mm-hmm. big alliances that dominate the game are normally made within the first couple of days, and we haven't seen anything yet. So, well, let me ask you. I wasn't like a really like the first for for example because the only season I could really compare this to for like first week of fees is BBOTT or whatever. Um, right. Like, how does that compare to this? Like the first week because I didn't really watch. I watched BBOTT, but I didn't watch like the first week of feeds and stuff. Well, well OTT the fir- the very first week, and he- well, here's the big difference between OTT and this is that normally with a newbie season everyone's coming in open-minded so things are like people are looking to try and find the people that they connect with the easiest that mm-hmm. this season people are already coming in with people they connect with easier so things are like how do i put it it's weird this they're already season, figured out basically no they already know where it's this season is more is that the players are actually more open to working with more people and OTT people came in and the lines were drawn almost instantly. Oh yeah. Okay. I remember Danielle and like uh, Jason, like automatically becoming a duo. Right. Well, you had the sisters, they instantly mm-hmm. clicked and then yeah. the sisters turned into the ball smashers almost instantly. Right. Like it was a natural thing. All four of them really got along. They instantly connected. Um, mm-hmm. Danielle, Jason, Justin, and Chrissy, they instantly connected, right? And then you had Shane. The only difference in the first week compared to the other weeks was that Shelby and Jason had a really good connection at first that eventually broke apart because they were in two different alliances. Mm -hmm. Other than that, the first week of the game, lines were drawn, and the rest of the season was kind of like followed the path, basically. I think this season will be different in that aspect a bit. would you say this is probably – I mean, because we haven't seen the speeds in the first week of any other season. So, would you say that this season um, – th- this is, like, probably the first season where there's no line drawn within the first week? Yeah, like, prob- I don't know probably. Any other season. Yeah, I, I can't um, name any other season that didn't have it like that. Yeah, because, um, like, 
go looking back at other seasons that I that, that I remember them talking about the first week is like mm-hmm. what, like season seventeen like at first like at first everyone was like working with everyone and everything was cool and by the second week lines were completely drawn everything was completely different than what was expected like there was like a Shelly Audrey and Davon alliance week one week oh, two true. they were all in completely different sides of the house That's and um cool. and like lines were completely drawn after that. Um, I think that uh, this season, I think that it's just the pre-existing relationships is it kind of changes everything. So it's really hard to compare it since we'd never seen week one feeds. Right? I know this is something like we'd never seen before, so you can't really compare it to any other season. Exactly, because uh, like, we never had week one feeds before, and then like every other season, there's no there's no pre-gaming because everyone's strangers normally. So it's just it's so different. I feel like these next these next two weeks are going to be some really good weeks so i feel like this is when um stuff's going to start happening hopefully we see some fights and stuff i mean that's like like one other than strategy and stuff that's like one of my favorite parts of the show like the yeah 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 so i can't wait for that to happen uh who do you think what's your prediction for the first argument Ooh, first argument sheesh um danny obviously yeah i really do I think it's either going to be Janelle and Nicole because oh, yeah. they're already kind of butting heads and they're, they're, it seems like they're both having trouble like playing fake with each other because they instantly go and talk trash about each other like the next conversation. <laughs> it's going to be that or it's going to be Janelle and Danielle. Because mm-hmm. Janelle's already getting the sense that Nicole doesn't like her. Like she keeps, I forgot who's telling her, but she's heard that um, Nicole thinks that she doesn't like her because of Rachel. So she's already kind of like sensing that Nicole doesn't like her. And I, I feel like she's getting that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Danielle. And Nicole thought Janelle liked her. And then like, just like right before we came on this podcast, right before the episode, Danielle and Nicole had a conversation. Danielle's like, oh yeah, no, Janelle hates you or something. And Nicole's <laughs> like, yeah, I think Janelle hates me because of Rachel and the whole amazing race thing. So yeah, that, that amazing race beef seems to play a huge part in why they'll never work together. So much outside. Each other. Yeah, so much outside stuff. So you can't really, yeah, there's a bunch of outside drama and situations that are really affecting the season, unfortunately. So you can't really see it in this like rawish, purest form of how it would play out because so much has already happened. I don't know why. You started. I, I have no idea why Danny doesn't like Janelle. I don't get that, but. Yeah, I, I thought they would work together. <laughs> Honestly, I was expecting them to work together. Trent, yeah, I don't know what it is about Trent. Trent called it right off the bat. He said, Danielle, Danielle's not going to like Janelle. And I, I was, I thought the same as you. I thought they were going to work together 100%. But I guess Two not. alpha females. Yeah, two alpha females. Yeah, I feel like almost all the females in the game are alpha females, though. Yeah. Well, except for Nicole. Except for Christmas. Christmas. Christmas and maybe the Nicole's, but yeah. Yeah, Christmas and the Nicole's probably aren't, but the rest are like they're pretty alpha Alpha. females. So that I guess that's the one positive with the males. I don't think there's a single alpha male in the damn house. Do you think maybe um, Enzo? Oh yeah. Do you think this season is more lean uh, female win or male win? It's a hundred percent gonna lead to a male win. And you think so? Yeah, everyone's saying it's going to be a female win, and here's why it's not going to be a female win, and it, it and this is the reason why, because none of the females are are seeming to willing to work together. 
aside yes. from Bailey and Devon. Right. If these if the guys will hundred percent work together eventually. They'll realize at one point or another that if they work together, there you go. One of them will one hundred percent win because the the females are already going against each other. We already have Danielle and um Nicole versus Janelle and Keisha. Like that's half of the females already butting heads. Nicole A is already being targeted by the uh, by Nicole F and Danielle essentially like just because she's outside of that whole group. You know, Danielle's already saying Davon's name. It's like how much longer until someone says Bailey's, right? It's so ironic because like yeah, we were talking about Enzo like he didn't want to form a male alliance, but <laughs> this is probably like one of the perfect seasons to probably do that. It, it really is. Like, like, I don't see how it hasn't happened. And they've over, like, and Cody keeps saying, like, oh, I think there's going to be an all guys lines eventually between, between him, Memphis, um, Enzo, and Tyler. And the only reason why it hasn't happened yet is because for some reason they all want Enzo to pretty much do it. I, I, I don't know oh, why, so. but I think everyone's waiting for Enzo to be the one that makes the guys alliance. And he do you just think doesn't he want to. I don't think he will. I think that he knows people expect him to do it, and that's why he won't do it. I think he's too smart. I think he's smart enough to know that the moment he does do it, people will figure it out because they already expect him to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think somebody else will have to do it. I, I think Cody or Memphis will do it instead. Very true. Very true. I I, I think this would have been – it sucks. It would have been – I mean, I'm not really a fan of all those lines unless they're like – unless they're – like brigade brigadish type, yeah. I, I other than that, I'm not really a fan of uh, all male alliances. I'm more of an underdog. I like underdogs. I don't know. I always have. I get you. I mean, I don't have a problem with like an all guys alliance or an all girls alliance. I just think that um, they're really risky and they're really hard to do because I feel like <sighs> you automatically put yourself out there as a target. Yeah, that there's three reasons there's that two they can be really obvious and then three i i find that a group of all guys tend to lead to guys butting heads a group of all girls tends to lead to girls butting heads i just feel Mm -hmm. like people can't for some reason form a large group of the same sex and not start bumping heads for one reason or another there's only some reason for it, right? Like, there's only some reason why a girls' alliance falls apart. There's only some guy that wants to be the alpha and then another guy that wants to be an alpha, and that's why the old guys' alliance decides to fall apart. Like, it almost always happens. Yeah, definitely. The reason oh, I just... What were you saying? I was going to say the reason why Brigade worked out was because they essentially were all were completely different people that understood that they each were like representative of a different role and they understood Mm -hmm. that each other that they each needed each other so neither none of them felt like they had to be the leader of the alliance that's the reason it worked yeah definitely agree um i just read something um it said it says kevin and uh nicole a both want to put up pacer and janelle if they (laughs) win hoh because it was an easy nom since they went for the safety suite no way yeah i just read that so (laughs) I'm not surprised, but it's like what? The- yeah, I'm I'm not surprised because Kevin, just because Kevin blames Janelle for, I I don't understand why she blames Janelle, but she blames he blames Janelle for his nomination. It's just insane to me that the essentially the reasoning for the nomination is they want to play 
they want to lay low, but people aren't realizing laying low is not an option. If you want, and if you want to lay low, just don't win HOH. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you get out of it then? If your if your whole purpose is to lay low and not make waves, why would you win HOH in the first place? But um, I don't know. It just it's just dumb. I I Nicole A. I'm having a hard time believing Nicole A. just admitted to wanting to nominate Janelle and Kaser, two of the only people that have conversations with her this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sad. It I don't know. Really I, I feel like a lot of them are not really playing. I don't know. I, I guess maybe it's his first week jitters or something, but a lot of them need to wake up. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of them are falling into the curse of just of, of, of having that pack mentality. We have to follow the pack to stay safe. Safe this first couple weeks. Right. Except for the it's, problem is the pack is growing too large. I feel like they all, most, a lot of them came in with the same strategy. So it's just, yeah, they're all thinking that they can slide by the first couple weeks. Yeah, it pretty much. really can't happen. Well, yeah, that's the issue. Half the house came in pre-gaming. The other half of the house is lay low. Five is um, yeah, is like six people that all want to lay low and do nothing because they think that that's gonna keep them safe. And the two other people are Kaser and Janelle who want to do everything. So like everyone's coming in with this like unbalanced strategy. The only people that are really safe are the pre-gamers, to be honest. Well, I want to go back to this. Why do you think Bailey's um, doing so good this season so far? Why do you think she's really, like, being, like, one of the top players? Um, I think it's because she understands. I, I think it's because she's – I think in her own head – She's raised the stakes, and I think mm-hmm. that now that she's already went through the experience of Big Brother, she's also went through the experience of a game that's kind of similar in terms of, like, socializing and strategizing, that she's mm-hmm. kind of come to the realization now that – because she played such a anti-social game in the challenge and her first season of Big Brother that she's finally realized how important socializing is to winning – a game like this and that she's put socializing at the forefront of her um like what she wants to do or what what's most important to her like on her to-do list the number one thing is to socialize and that's how you should always want to play the game and i think that she's proving that socializing is the most important aspect of the game like in season 20 her problem was that she isolated herself with like five people and mm-hmm. the challenge she kind of isolated herself with five like four or five people that she trusted in this season, she's doing the opposite of that. She's talking to everybody. You know, she's coming up with the reason to talk to anyone at any time. I don't, uh, I don't know if you um, keep up with like Bailey and Swaggy, but like apparently they're really rich now. So, yeah, they're super rich. Yeah, she's she's coming in with the mentality like, okay, I already have money at home. This is just for fun, but I do oh, want to yeah. win at the same time. So I feel like she has, she's not feel at pressure to have to win the money because I really need it. Like, I feel like she she's playing to win, but at the same time, she's not in her head to, like, she has to – it's, like, the end of the world if she doesn't. And I really like that about her. I think she's only probably – well, Memphis is well off too, but I feel like, yeah, both of them are at that point where they're, like, it's not do or die, but I'm going to play to where I'm going to give my all, but I'm, I don't really necessarily have to go out there to – you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, right. She's playing. She's playing with the mindset of that she fucking wants to finally win one of these reality shows without having to like having to win. Like, she, yeah, it, it doesn't. But 
I don't know because technically in season twenty she didn't have to win either because like her family was always rich like she was always rich. Mm-hmm. But I, just, um, I feel like it's mainly the I think the thing now is that she's like I think she's gotten to a point where she doesn't take the reality show stuff as seriously. Serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just she just wants to win to prove that she can win one of these things because she's like she's lost twice now she wants to win one of these things. Yeah. Would you be surprised seeing Davon win this season? I I don't know. Derek said he thought Davon is is gonna win. I can see it. His winner pick. My thing is, I hate trying to predict winners based off the first four days of the game. It's almost impossible. But I will say, based off how she's playing right now, she has like, if she were like to continue playing the way she's playing and be able to continue not being on a lot of players' radars. Like, if you're only on Danielle's radar, who gives a shit? Like, that's not that big of a deal. If she can right. manage to stay off everyone else's radar, I very well could see her winning this season. My thing with Davon is, Davon, every time she plays, she always turns it up too early. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. In season 18, she played just – the way she's playing right now, she played the same way at the beginning of season 18. She was friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. She was – a lot more in, in like uh, um, like a lot better at reading everything that was going on and figuring things out. She had great allies, and then like week four, she just got really aggressive gameplay wise and strategy wise. Wanted to make a really big move, started <laughs> playing really hard, and then it bit her in the ass, and she went home like two weeks later. And that's just how Davon is. She's she always starts off chill, but then she eventually gets to like she's really competitive. I find, and then she really yeah. wants to like do something in the game. If she can get past that, like, that mentality of I'm not doing enough. Yeah, exactly. If she can get past that mentality of of that, like, that mental roadblock of, oh, shit, now I have to play really hard now because it's not week one anymore. And and she can actually continue to lay low and continue to build relationships and not over-strategize then I could see her going far. But I don't know if she can get past that. We're, we're, we're too early on in the season, because I said this in season 18, that I thought she was going to go far. And then she did that, you know, she went. She just went too hard, too fast. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it comes down to whether or not she's able to keep her eyes on the prize. Hopefully. I, I, I think she could. I, yeah, I think, what, I think what Derek said was right about, like, she's. I think she's learned from like what two seasons of big brother two seasons of the challenge I, I feel like she really wants to win now i feel like if she doesn't why well, keep saying yes to these reality shows right right yeah so, there's no point yeah I, I think she's gonna bring i think she's gonna bring her a game strategy this season that's why i think that she still is really like understanding what's going on in the house but just <laughs> playing it off like she doesn't i think that she's just trying to play a lot smarter than she like than she did in the previous seasons where she would have instantly pointed out when she noticed something. Yeah, we just need some DRs because honestly, uh, I can't really tell what a lot of them are thinking, but I feel as soon as we see some episodes of some DRs, we'll get it. I don't know, because DRs are scripted, so I never know what the hell it's true anymore. <laughs> uh, right. Did you watch tonight's episode? No, I didn't watch. I don't. I don't watch episodes anymore because a the only reason I used to was for DRs, and b DRs are scripted. <laughs> I mean, they seem. I mean, I, this is just the first couple episodes. The first episode with DRs, but it seemed. It didn't seem scripted for this one. I'll give it that. It seemed kind of natural. So hopefully they bring back like that. Just let them talk type of feel. 
Yeah, no. actually, I think the I think the DRs might not be scripted anymore. I just totally remember, well, at least for this season, because I totally just remembered they did that uh instant DR interview with Cody after he won HOH for the first time mm-hmm. in years. So yeah, yeah, they might they might not be as scripted this year. So I might need to watch episodes. I don't know. I always find episodes a little boring because I always know what's gonna happen because I'm you know, right just keeping up with the feeds and stuff. So I'm like, there's no point. I put like 23 hours of my day into it. Why waste another hour watching the episode? Right. I'm going to start watching, uh, yeah, the live evictions. Yeah, I only watch, I, well, I always, you have to watch the evictions. I always watch the evictions just because they always get me hyped up. And then I always, yeah, you know, I love watching the HOH afterwards, like excited for like rooting for somebody. So. Oh, I hope they bring a lot of old competitions back. I really hope they do. This is like the perfect opportunity to do it. So I really hope they do. Yeah, no, I know. There's definitely some classics they need to bring back. Like, fuck. The majority comps, yeah. Oh, they definitely need to bring back some of the majority comps. I used to love those so much. Yeah. Um, everyone always says they want pressure cooker back. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. I don't think they would, but yeah, I don't think they would. And all that it would do is just the the, fun, the <laughs> best part about it is it would just piss off everybody that had to wait hours to find out who won HOH. Right. Everyone wants it back until we have to wait ten hours to finally find out who won. Like nobody actually would like. I mean, like obviously people would love to watch the uh, twenty minute edited version of it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't know. It's kind of irritating that the only competition that got that gets brought back every year is like the bowling one, the race stupid. one, yeah, yeah. and the, the stupid fucking, ones, yeah, and Otev, which yeah. I like Otev, and I like the racing one. I hate the bowling one. The bowling one's just yeah, stupid. stupid. Yeah, I don't oh, like stupid that as hell. I hate that one so much. But I do like the racing one just because I, I I just find it funny. Oh, well, I did like it until Christmas won it somehow with a broken foot. <laughs> now I right. don't like it anymore. Because I realized how everything. easy it is to fuck it up <laughs> and just uh, make the competition. Well, Christmas for second boot, and uh, um, hopefully they get it out soon, just for my satisfaction. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> though, it's like <laughs> I know that the chances of Christmas even pre-jury are so low right now. It's Slim. funny. Like <laughs> she's going far. Oh yeah, she's going. She she's going far. It, it sucks, but she's the perfect package to go far because she has a good social game, great at competitions, and then no one in the world thinks she's a threat because they're all like, yeah, you were nothing in your season. In your but, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a broken foot and you followed Paul. That's all you did. That's all, that's she's honestly like a new before. player. Yeah, yeah, she's like a new player. Like, they don't know much about her. Exactly. Her and David. Yeah. But, and then, I don't know, everyone's instantly connecting with Christmas. I don't know what it is about Christmas, but everyone that talks about her says, I like I like Christmas. I want to work with Christmas. I'm like, why Christmas? Get yeah. the fuck out of here. I was like, hoping she would go home this first week. I think everybody was hoping she'd go home the first week, but yeah. The worst part about this is Keisha's going to go home week one. Christmas is going to win. So CBS is going to think, wow, these fans are dumb as fuck for wanting Keisha back <laughs> and not Christmas. <laughs> and then they're going to think that they're smart as fuck for wanting Christmas back. I can see Christmas winning HOH. I can see her definitely winning HOH next week. Uh, I think I think she'll throw it. I think she's a little bit smarter this season because now that she doesn't have the whole broken foot thing to lean on is like, uh, I'm not a threat. She has mm-hmm. to actually 
you know, not be a threat. So I think she'll try to throw it. What? Okay, so the people that need to win the HOH next week are Janelle, Kevin, uh, Kaser, uh, Ian, and Nicole A. I'd say Nicole F2. Nicole F2? Yeah, Nicole F2. Just because if one of those people do win, like Nicole F's almost guaranteed to go up no matter who it is. Unless it, actually, apparently, never mind, because Kevin and Nicole A and Ian won't nominate her. And Nicole, God, oh, dude. You know what? Take Kevin and Nicole A off the list just because if they do win, they're going to throw two people that yeah. make no sense, apparently. So, yeah, I'm definitely rooting for Jan- – I don't know. I'm rooting for I, Kaser. I, I really, yeah. Hopefully he changes his mind on the David situation. I, yeah. I can see him changing his mind too, though. But uh, I think the only reason that he wants to go after David right now is because somehow Janelle convinced him with her – senselessness <laughs> i don't understand <laughs> why she wants david out why is janelle like this why is it like oh yeah janelle, i don't oh my know gosh, you're so smart you're figuring out everything in the house you know who to trust and who not to trust you're doing so good and then it's like yeah that person that wanted to get rid of me this week we're gonna Let's save him me. and get rid of someone else who's doing <laughs> nothing in the game right now literally nothing like what yeah. I guess they see him as some type of, like, mastermind. Because, I mean, oh, yeah, they talked about him beating Ian in chess. Yeah. So, oh, apparently, he's, so he's really smart. smart. You know, like, yeah. He's so smart. He beat Ian in chess. Let's get rid of David. And if we get rid of David, we'll be able to work with Tyler and Cody. Like, David's a roadblock blocking them from working. Like, David's not the reason that you can't work with Cody. Cody's the reason you can't work with Cody. Cody right. had a fucking 30-minute conversation with Enzo where they trashed Kaser because they just, for some reason, don't trust him. <laughs> That it has sucks. nothing to do with David. <laughs> yeah, David's literally doing nothing. Yeah, David's not doing anything. David has literally not is literally not responsible <laughs> for the reason Janelle and Case almost went up. That was all Cody and Nicole. They were the only ones to say their names. Enzo is arguably the only. I think Enzo and Danielle would be the only other people that had influence on it. Other than mm-hmm. that, no one else, especially not, maybe in Memphis. Memphis is even more logical because Memphis trash Kaser to everyone and said, there ain't no way I'm doing what Kaser wants, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, completely ratted him out for no reason. Yet, you want to go after David, the one person on that side of the house that didn't say your name? <laughs> but I think David will be fine, though. Honestly, I, f- I don't see him going anytime soon. Because... I, I, the thing is, I it's, don't know. It depends who he's up against. Because it's still like, uh, again, I'm going to go back to like production. It's still like a story arc. <laughs> I don't think they're really going to let him go. Like, that would be such a, a horrible story arc for David. Like, okay, you left the first time in an hour. Okay, we're just going to take you out the second week so you get some type of redemption. Like, I don't see that happening. I see him making it a lot farther. I feel you, but... I feel like it's it, it all comes down to who he's up against because the main reason why I think David's so good is because I think because in my head I'm like oh well the majority wouldn't nominate him and there's no way the minority would go after him right but no the minority the minority wants, wants to. to put him on the fucking block <laughs> and if they put him up against like fucking Tyler or Cody or Danielle no one in the majority is gonna vote out one of them three over fucking David like David's gone for sure if one of them are up against him you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck. <laughs> Who would they nominate him against? I don't know. I mean, I'm probably thinking they're crazy asses. I put up fucking Kevin. Like, I don't know. I, I don't uh, understand what yeah. they're thinking. They just gotta wake up, man. Yeah, they really have to wake up because they're not. They're not. They're. 
I don't know. They're reading everything and like like they have everything right and then they take a fucking left turn and have everything wrong all of a sudden. But again, it's week what I mean, this is week one and day like what, five? Yeah, it's day five. So I still, so. I still have um good like hope. Yeah, that I have they won't faith. fuck it up horrible. Yeah, I, I don't I I honestly don't see David getting nominated next week. I, I really feel like they're just talking out their ass, you know, like yeah. over I think they're I think they're making the mistake of over strategizing where like everything's makes sense and then you start talking so much and you start spewing bullshit for fun. And mm-hmm. t- today, like later today, they'll have another conversation and they'll realize going back to David doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, they're not that dumb. I hope they're not. I don't think they're that dumb. I, I think <laughs> Janelle and Kayser, they've made some dumb mistakes, sure, but I don't think they're that dumb. But Janelle's also unpredictable, so I could actually kind of see her doing it too, though. At the I same, on the same scene. I, I know. It's like fucking poetic justice that Janelle, of all people, want to come up with a plan to get rid of David. And <laughs> I don't understand why. I want to root for Janelle so bad, but I feel like every time I root for Janelle in a season, she does really bad moves. Um, yeah, she's just... But she doesn't have a will in her ear 24-7 telling her to nominate David, which is why I feel like they won't do it at the end of the day. True. Yeah, she doesn't have somebody uh, over... I feel like she's going to do, like, 14, like, as soon as she, like... It's just going to be like, she, yeah, she's on in the first couple weeks. It's just going to be, like, 14 again. Yeah. I think so too. Though in season fourteen, her uh, reputation, her reputation. Yeah, just yeah season fourteen her. was yeah it was the reputation and the Mike Boogie rivalry. She had no way of you know surviving that, even though yeah. she tried so hard to play a smart game. Like she she tried everything in her power to play a smart, lay low, align with the right people game. Was she playing strategic? I uh, like I didn't watch feeds or anything. I watched the she, episode, but not the feeds. I just remember her laying low a lot, you know, like she aligned herself with Brittany, her team and Brittany's team were aligned. She ha- seemed to have a decent relationship with almost everyone in the house. It was just the fact that Mike Boogie hated her. And then originally the plan was to get rid of Dan and wipe out Dan's team because he was such a huge threat. But then Dan and Mike uh, agreed to take out Janelle instead. And that's what saved Dan and got rid of Janelle. <laughs> it sucks. And the only reason Mike decided to do it was because he wanted to spite Janelle. That's it. <laughs> that was it. Honestly, I would have liked to see him on this season just to see those two uh, go back and, back and forth. I would too, but I think Mike is now deemed a literal threat to people's lives. So I don't think he's ever going to play <laughs> <my> brother ever again. <laughs> That's out of the window. Oh, could you imagine though? Mike having to work with Janelle because there's no way he would have gone through the season without doing that. That would have been funny. That would have been hilarious. (laughs) But apparently Janelle, like, hates Mike. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Actually, I really think Mike would have done really bad poorly on this season because, yeah, Ian and Janelle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he definitely do would. Doesn't Ian have a restraining order against Mike too? So I don't think he would have. Oh yeah, they wouldn't do the that. House. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 the moment he took step foot in the house, he would get swatted. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely enjoyed talking to you about um, this. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, dude, it was it was definitely fun, man. It's always fun to talk about, you know, have like in depth conversations about the cast and what's going on, especially this early, man. You gotta yeah. you gotta come back on in like a couple days or something to talk about it again, because like things are totally gonna change and be completely. Yeah, different. definitely. Definitely. Trying to get Trenton on too. I right? have all three of us. Maybe get Ollie. Have like four people. I don't know. Everyone. Yeah, always, I would love to. That would be fun as hell, man. Like. Bring back the masterminds, but everyone. Oh, at damn. Times. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'll be active after like episodes and stuff. So just hit me up. I'm down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, me and Trenton are supposed to do one after the Sunday episode, so I'll hit you up for sure, and we'll try to get everyone do a little weekly recap because I'm supposed to do weekly recaps this season. So. All right. Just let me know. All right. Yeah, for sure. I got you. Anyways, thanks for coming on, man. It was fun. You too. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course, man, for sure. And um, yeah, we have a. I think we have a crazy season ahead of us. I think that if you're a fan of Big Brother and you stopped watching because it got really shitty lately, <laughs> maybe watch again. I don't know. Again. It might be worth yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, man, thank you for coming. I appreciate on. it. For sure. See you, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, you too. All right. Bye. Bye.